Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn related show on the planet Earth, the John Campion Show. Coming to you from right here on my YouTube channel. I'm, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, and all things Peacemaker. And we are joined today, sitting over here, by writer, director, producer, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir? John, I got to tell you, uh, one of the most entertaining times I've had watching TV. We'll talk about it but it was entertaining. Yeah, and we are going to let you guys know in advance right now, we're going to talk about Peacemaker at the end, um, but we're also going to talk about it in a full open spoiler way. So if you guys have not seen the last night's episode of Peacemaker or if you don't mind about it, whatever, I'm just going to give you that warning now. We'll give you that warning again a little bit later, of course. Sitting over here, he's the man who came up with the recipe of awesome. He's our very own <laughs> Chef Pleasures, Mr. Hey, Ray Orr. Hey, Ray, hey, hey, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, and Ober sitting beside him is, of course, our very own Chris Carr. Chris, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to talk about Peacemaker and that rumor. Oh, well, well we, we will. That, oh, my God. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> yes. But uh, also, today is a pretty good day because we're all going to the movies later today. <gasps> we we're, are? Yes, we're going to go see Uncharted today. So I'm, I don't care. I'm still excited to see it. I'm excited to spend time with all of you. In, in a room where we don't talk to each other and we focus on something else. I will, I will see a movie today. Yay! <laughs> I'm excited about seeing that. Hey, guys, I want to also mention one other thing while I've got you here. Um, you guys remember yesterday we announced that yesterday we launched the podcast version of our new show, Movie Club. Now, we decided not to put Movie Club in our regular John Campion Show podcast feed because it's going to get filled up pretty quick. So we created a separate podcast feed for Movie Club, and I asked you guys to go and subscribe to it. Well, apparently a lot of you did <laughs> because uh, Movie Club, a John Campion Show podcast, has debuted on the Apple podcast charts at number 13. The only shows ahead of us are shows from Netflix, The Ringer, which is huge, and iHeart uh, Podcasts and HBO. Those are the ones ahead of us on this list, which is kind of crazy. So uh, thank you guys. By the way, please, let's see if we can crack the top 10. Let's see if we can get into the top 10. So do me a favor, guys. Uh, today, if you haven't done so already, even if you watch the YouTube version of it, go on your podcast app, find Movie Club, a John Campion Show podcast, subscribe to it today, rate it five stars if you like it, uh, leave a comment on it, whatever. But thank you to everybody who obviously went to go check it out. Again, uh, our new podcast, Movie Club, has debuted at number 13 on the podcast chart. So thank you guys very much for uh, supporting us and helping us get to there. All right, guys, listen, here's how today's show goes. We're going to break the show up into two parts, as we always do. The first half of the show, we're going to take some predetermined topics. And then the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments or questions. If you'd like to get a live comment or question in, well, uh, actually too late. We have now already hit our limit. Uh, so I just turned... Okay, if you normally on the John Campion Show, if you'd like to get in a comment or question to be read at the end of the main topics, all you have to do if you're watching live and only if you're watching live is to use the Super Chat feature that's in the YouTube live chat. However, we can only take so many and... Man, you guys fired them in fast today because we are already out of time to take more, so I'm going to have to shut it off right now. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys, but for all of you who did get in your comments or questions already, we'll get to those at the end of the show. But before anything else, guys, we're going to do some things off the top here, and our first off the top is this. You know, one of the movies that I've been very intrigued about 
has been Elvis. Now, I'm generally not a, a big guy on musical biopics because to me, they're generally the same movie. Like if I say young musical prodigy explodes in their genius, then starts to struggle with various abuses and things like this that leads them to ruin, they then find redemption and a mighty comeback. Well, am I describing the Bohemian Rhapsody? Am I describing the Elton John biopic? Am I describing Walk the Line? Am I just, I mean, they're all the same. They're all the freaking same. <laughs> but I got to say, there's a couple of them I really love. The Bohemian Rhapsody one, Rocket Man. I mean, I really do like these movies. But Elvis... I mean, it's, you know, before my time, but Elvis was the king of music in a way that I don't think people us today really understand. Like we think of, oh, who's the biggest thing right now? Well, that's the king. No, 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 no. You don't understand. Elvis Presley ruled the world. Like he was the thing. And them doing an actual biopic on it, I find fascinating. And the fact that it's got Tom Hanks in it, I've also found very fascinating. Been looking forward to that. Well, today... The first trailer for the Elvis film has dropped, and it is fantastic. It's wonderful. Dude. It does every, I mean, for a first trailer, it goes far beyond what a first trailer should do. But just as a trailer, it gives me, I got a solid understanding of who our players are, what the story of this is, how it's going to cover it, what the DNA of it's going to, what's the tone of the of the film. This is just like a blueprint, perfect trailer for what it is. I mean, it's wonderful. And Austin Butler, the kid from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the kid from Arrow, the kid from... Shannara Chronicles. The Shannara Chronicles. Yeah. I, that's been my one apprehension about this. Like, God, oh, can this kid do this? Because not only, not only does he act as Elvis, he does all the singing. He does all the singing in this thing. And while you're listening to music, you can tell, okay, that's not Elvis singing. And I was listening to the trailer before I knew it was him. I said, that's not Elvis singing, but it's somebody singing and they're doing really good. I wonder who they got to sing it. I didn't realize it was actually him doing it. And Tom Hanks in it, kind of narrating the trailer. And then when he's on screen, you're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is so good. So I got to tell you what, I was excited for this. This is one of those situations where you're kind of excited for a movie. You hope the trailer delivers. The trailer has come and the trailer has delivered. Boz Lerman, who directed one of my top 20 all-time favorite films ever in Moulin Rouge. Like, I mean, this has got a lot of things going for it. Rob, uh, you had a chance to check out this trailer for Elvis. I know you've been looking forward to this. What did you think about the trailer? Dude, I'm a big Baz Luhrmann fan. I even loved Australia. I mean, that's how much of a Baz Luhrmann fan that I am. I like The Great Gatsby. I have it in 3D. Um, I was dubious about this movie, John. I'm like, really? Like an Elvis biopic? I, growing up, I watched a lot of Elvis videos and documentaries. I'm like, what? Of course, I should never have doubted Baz Luhrmann, the man who made the Blade Runner of Shakespeare movies in Romeo and Juliet. I mean, <laughs> do you bite your thumb at me, sir? This trailer looks spectacular. Or as they said, spectacular, spectacular. I can't wait to see this movie. It, it shot right up to the top of my must-see of the year list in 2022. It comes out in June. I think oh, June. I, I didn't even notice when it comes I think out. It comes out June 22nd or something. Bruh, come on. Yeah, I'm looks, stoked. I'm looking at this going, I look, you know what? This looks like the kind of musical biopic. I loved Oliver Stone's The Doors, which mm, was kind of a phantasmagorical mm. biopic. The same way Rocket Val Kilmer Man was. at top of his game. Pink yeah. Floyd, The Wall, you know, even though that was a fictitious rock star. This looks 
awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. Chris, you had a chance to see uh, this trailer. What's your take on it? How did you enjoy it? Oh, I'm hyped for this. I also love Baz Luhrmann. Moulin Rouge is such an amazing film. I watch that probably once a month. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I'm really excited for Austin Butler. I'm so excited he's doing his own singing. Say what you want about Shannara Chronicles. That show was fun as hell. I liked it. I thought it was very I fun. I liked it, yeah. I'm really excited for him. I'm a little more excited, though, about Tom Hanks playing Colonel Tom Par Parker. Wow. What, oh, my God. Did he what look good in this? Interesting, interesting character study this is going to be because that man was wild. What an incredible backstory working in carnivals, immigrating here from, uh, gosh, where was he from? He was Eastern European, I believe, but just claimed to be a U.S. citizen and then just somehow became this huge crooner uh, manager. Like, I want to know more about this guy. And Tom looks amazing. Amazing in, in it. Ah. It, the whole thing just looks so damn sharp and so damn good. I mm -hmm. was really and the cinematography. Oh, oh, that little clip of just Elvis going from one outfit to another, that quick edit of just the different colors popping up. Oh, it's going to be stunning. The whole thing, too, about like going back into like we all knew Elvis came with roots and gospel music. And that was mm -hmm. a huge influence on it. But seeing those shots, of I loved that. And then you see how that just the trailer showed how that then even instantly and directly funneled into his signature moves and how and i love that i can't move i can't sing i'm like oh <laughs> my god that's the line. oh that was the best best line of the trailer anyway guys i like the woman's reactions when he starts swinging his hips <laughs> but you gotta They're remember like, too <gasps> it was that was something the world had never seen before like right. that wasn't mm -hmm. a pop, part of pop culture like you may think it was ridiculous if you're like our age and younger but i mean they were seriously putting him in jail for gyrating Can you imagine hips? being a dude at that time? Wives all around the world are going, why can't you do that, honey? <laughs> what kind of a wedding night was that? Or don't you have to go to work, honey? I got someplace to be. I need to, to go watch Elvis. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the thing. Anyway, guys, question is for you. Did you have a chance to see the new trailer for Elvis? We thought it was awesome. What did you guys think of it? Jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's do another off the top here, and that is this. You know, one of the more popular shows you know i think it's fair to say that the streaming has kind of become the dominant force in television right and one of the shows that is not entirely but a big part of that transfer of power from the tr traditional broadcast network television to streaming television has been stranger things that's a show that was really at the forefront of kind of moving that emphasis over. Stranger Things was a Netflix show that kind of came out of nowhere, took the world by storm. Everybody was talking about it and, and kind of continued to ever since the end of season three, six years ago, or however long ago it was, because <laughs> that was a long time ago the season three ended. Well, they have finally now announced when the new season is coming. And the new season is coming. Let me see if I can find it here. Yeah, there it is. The new season is coming and it's going to be broke into two parts. All right. They have now there were some rumors about them doing this, and apparently it is absolutely true. They have broken it down into two parts. And the two parts are going to be part one or volume one, they're saying, that's going to be released in May. And then volume two is going to be released in July. So much like what they did for um what was it that did it again, of course? It was Britney Spears. No, it was Lucifer. Oh. Much like what they did with that one season of Lucifer, where they at least half of it once. Again, we're seeing this slow transition of Netflix starting to maybe release not everything all at once. But that thing is coming in two parts. There was a couple of interesting pieces of news about this. 
Number one is that we've got the premiere date set now for uh, May and July. It's for the two parts, the two volumes. The other thing that is news that is in there is that they have confirmed now that season four is the second last season. Season five, they've confirmed now, will be the final season. That has been strongly speculated for a long time anyway, but they have now confirmed it that season five is the last thing they're uh, they're going to do. But this is also interesting. I want to go to this little letter that they included with the uh, press release stuff. And that was this letter that they have here that they put out, kind of announcing that, yeah, season five will be the last one. We're releasing this thing in two parts. We're so excited. But in the last paragraph, Matt and Ross put out, say something that kind of leads us to something else. In the beginning of the last paragraph, they say this. There are still many more exciting stories to tell within the world of Stranger Things. New mysteries, new adventures, new unexpected heroes. But first, we hope that you'll stay with us as we finish this tale of a powerful girl named Eleven and her brave friends of a broken police chief, a ferocious mom, a small town called Hawkins, and an alternate dimension known only as the Upside Down. As always, we are grateful for your patience and support. It's the first part. There are many more exciting stories to tell within the world of Stranger Things. New mysteries, new adventures, new unexpected tales. There are going to be, they're, they're, they're basically just telling the world right now there's going to be Stranger Things spinoffs. Which, as much as I like Stranger Things, I don't know if a spinoffs are the idea. It's like, what's, is the next one going to be in the 90s now? Are they going to do that 70s show and then try to do that 80s show? And then try now that they got the 80s show and Strange Things, they're going to try to do the 90s. I mean, I don't know. Are they going to be playing other guys playing Dungeons and Dragons? I don't know. That's one of the reasons I love Stranger Things <laughs> is the Dungeons and Dragons connection. But anyway, look, all I can say, it's about damn time. We've been waiting for a very long time for this next season. I know some people didn't think, you know, Stranger Things season three was their favorite. I love season three. So fun. There was especially that there was that one episode that everybody was upset about. The one where Eleven is off on her own. It's because she's with the Kirkland X Men. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. I I like that episode. I thought it was a change of pace. Mm -hmm. I I kind of like that they were mixing it up a little bit. The I Mandalorian am... episode of Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Actually, that's a perfect analogy. I. I liked it. I'm looking forward to this last one. Look, I'm not like a, a major Stranger Things file. I mean, I, I but I like the show very much. I cannot wait to see it again. Anyway, Chris, what is like? What's your attachment to Stranger Things? Have do you have you watched it regularly when oh, it was actually yeah. on? And what do you think about them? Number one, finally, it's coming back. We have release dates. What do you think about them breaking into two parts? What do you think about five being the final season? What do you think about a lot to talk about? There's here. so much here. Yeah, so yeah. much. What are you thinking? Breaking it up into two parts is very promising to me because I feel like. We're going to get many more episodes. We're going to have much more story here because we are getting towards that wrapping up point. And we have a lot of things that have been left unsaid, too. We're going to find out more about Hopper because he is for sure alive. Oh, um, sure. We are going to see him. We're going to learn about, you know, Eleven's new life in this other town where she's trying so desperately to be a teenage girl and be normal because she's never really had to do that. She's had this whole built-in friendship with all these people who found her and kind of banded together with her. Um, I'm, I'm pumped about it. I'm really excited. I do know in that last season, you know, we did have that kind of backdoor pilot with those other characters. Yes. And I, I am interested to see all the other test subjects because being 11, there's obviously others. And I think there's a lot to explore there. 
I wasn't a huge fan of it, again, just because it was like, ooh, angsty teenage X-Men, yeah, who are kind of <laughs> not as cool. Mm. Hopefully they just, you know, learned from what they did with that episode and we can have something that's more compelling this time around. And also, let's find Steve Love. Let's get oh, Steve Love. Oh, poor Steve. Uh, scoops ahoy. You, <laughs> come on. You deserve it. Rob, I, I don't know. I don't even know if you watch Stranger Things. Oh, and, yes. And what do you think about all this stuff? Well, first of all, I, you know, Stranger Things 3, season 3, was kind of like Ocean's 13. It was better than season 2, but not as good as season 1. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, kind of like, the, but I liked it. It was a, like, like uh, Chris said, it's a lot of fun that season, but I really like Stranger Things. I like, look, as a dyed-in-the-wool Stephen King fan, which so much of this series takes its 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 uh, inspiration from, even the logo is based on the fonts that were on Stephen King books in the 80s. Uh, I'm a fan, so I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. They say that the fourth season is now longer than any other of their seasons, broken up into two sections very exciting you know i like this world i really like the upside down the upside down is a very hp lovecraft there's cthulhu like demons there the demi gorgons and the whatever hell else is bigger that's out there man i i look forward to delving into that more i really enjoy that sort of elder gods feel to it all Uh, dude i'm stoked i mean i i think that um uh, as long as, you know, it's getting a little bit repetitive, I'd like to see a little bit more concepts brought into this idea of what is the the underneath. And I think we're going to we're going to um, need to see more of that. But I'm excited, man. What do you two things I want to know your opinion on here, though, is what do you think about this? This pattern we're starting to see with Netflix now of breaking up their shows, the seasons of the shows into two separate volumes. We're seeing some other stuff like that. What do you think about that? And also, what do you think about the stuff that's in that letter about maybe there being spinoffs, if, if there are, what kind of direction do you think they could go with that? Well, I think, look, as we all know, streaming is driven by subscription. Yeah. So I think by breaking these things up, it spreads out the love. If these marquee shows, and the thing is, there are new generations of people all the time. So hopefully that people will have discovered Stranger Things or they're going to discover Stranger Things. So by breaking it up over the course of, say, two or three months, you're driving subscriptions over. As we've seen, John, we've talked about a lot on the show, streaming shows burn out flat, fast like a meteor and then they're gone. You know, they streak across the sky for a second and then they're out. But not if you not if you break it up. Like, I'm a huge Ozark fan. They only had the first seven episodes, part one of Ozark se- the last season. Then we get the other seasons a couple of months down the road. So it gives the show time to build momentum and word of mouth. Then people that might not already subscribe to Netflix, although I don't know who doesn't subscribe to Netflix, uh, will subscribe. So it's hopefully driving their subscriptions more than it would if it just dropped at once. You're right, because if they did put all the episodes out on say may 8th by may 12th no one's talking about stranger things anymore. Yeah. that's right that's it's right. already gone it's, it's gone and the so i guess so it's that gone. makes a lot of sense in anyway, terms of, oh i was just no, saying, go ahead. in terms of new shows i mean again oh, yeah, where they might go you, you know where they might go i think that i think what i would do is the underneath has been something that has been fairly the upside down. Oh, pardon me, is that what I was saying? The underneath, <laughs> the underneath. Yeah, you know what? I'm, a the, new underneath. series from Robert Meyer. No, but I sing it. My dad Steven Soderbergh on the brain because of my oceans <laughs> thing, and he made he made a movie called The Underneath. So the upside down, the upside down as a threat has been fairly contained because Hawkins yes. was really the only place we could get into it. Now we know they can get into it in Russia, but what if the upside down becomes much more a uh, much more global threat? Mm. where I could see if they're going to, because I love this idea. I don't know why I kept saying the underneath, but 
I think that they can definitely delve into what is that and all new cast of characters dealing with that threat. We don't know anything about the underneath except what the hangs down. out near the doorway. The, the upside down. <laughs> oh, and y'all, the X-Men were in season two, chat is saying. That's my bad. I screwed that one up. I'm pretty sure that was... Was it when she had shorter hair? Because in season three, she's got her curls. You might be and right. And she's I, just making out with Mike like all the time. Episode seven or episode eight of season three? Like eight. Oh, whatever, whatever. whatever. Sorry, it happened at some point. <laughs> Look, the underneath. That's a Soderbergh movie. That's a Soderbergh movie. I'm thinking Soderbergh because of Ocean's 11, 12, and 13. What can I say? I'm like, so, okay, I, I get it's I, all right. Yeah. We got you. Asperger's. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about this? There's a lot to unpack here about Stranger Things. The release dates. It's being broken into two parts. Next season will be the final season. There's going to be some spinoffs. What do you think about any of this stuff? Whatever your thoughts are, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. Before we go any further, let's take a second here, pay some bills, and thank one of the sponsors of today's episode of The John Campus Show, our friends over at Peloton. Hey, guys, we want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's video, Peloton. Now listen, in the never-ending quest to try to stay in shape, one of the keys is to vary up your workout and your exercises to make sure you avoid losing your motivation and keep from getting burnt out from doing the same thing over and over again. Peloton has you covered. I know for me, one of the keys was getting my Peloton tread and using the Peloton app to get my varied workouts in. And Peloton just keeps pushing you forward with new classes, new music, new ways to keep your workouts fun and motivating. One of the newer offerings that has me personally really excited is their boxing classes. Peloton is stepping into the ring with its newest discipline and you don't even have to have any gloves. Discover a fast, furious and fun workout with Peloton instructors in your corner. Even if you've never boxed before, these classes will have you working up a sweat while working on the fundamentals of form, footwork and fun combos that will keep you on your toes. Peloton has a workout for every day and every kind of schedule. So guys, right now, visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. That's O-N-E-P-E-L-O-T-O-N.com. And thank you to the folks at Peloton for making this episode of the John Campus Show possible. I, I'm not, I love my Peloton tread. I use it every day. Dude, and that treadmill and is awesome. It's awesome. I love it. The, the app is actually really great. Anyway, guys. Go check out the stuff over at Peloton. Support them and support the John Campus Show. Okay, guys, with that down, let's now move on to our main topics here today. And how do we select our main topics here on the John Campus Show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today? This is from Ryan Belts. Greetings, John, Rob, Ray, and Chris. Hi. I know you're excited for Uncharted and said you think it'll take the number one spot at the box office this weekend. Just saw that they're projecting a $30 million opening. Will that be enough to take the number one spot? And should they consider that a good result? Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in. And as we said off the top here, a couple hours after we're done the John Campy show here today, we're all going to head over to the movie theater. And we're all going to watch us some Uncharted. I'm very excited about it. I don't care. The reviews have been very mixed. But, you know, doesn't matter. I'm in. I, I want to see this thing. I think the trailers have been good. I love Tom Holland. 
I think it's going to be fun. Whether I think that after I see the movie, we'll have to see. Guys, make sure you check out our uh, out of the theater quick reaction to the movie that we'll put up a little bit later tonight. One of the questions has been, of course, the big rule for everything is how does it do at the box office? Because the box office not only tells us whether or not the studio made money, it tells us about was this a kind of movie that the audience wanted to go see? Did the marketing and trailers for this movie work? Did they get the potential audience excited and enticed to drop some money, come to the movie theaters and come see it? There's a lot of information we get from box office. So as we've been approaching Uncharted, a movie you've been waiting for for a long time, a couple of big, big stars in it. You know, Tom Holland is currently the star of the biggest movie in the world with Spider-Man No Way Home. Are they going to rush out to see him in Uncharted? The answer is no, apparently, <laughs> because right now, according to the folks over at Variety, they're saying this is going to have a $30 million opening. This comes to us from these guys who write, these days, Tom Holland is never too far from the top of the box office charge. The Spider-Man No Way Home actor is returning to theaters this weekend as a different kind of vigilante in Sony's Uncharted, an action adventure based on the popular video game franchise. The film is expected to make $27 million between Friday and Sunday and $30 million through President's Day on Monday. Some box office prognosticators believe Uncharted could reach $35 million in its first four days in theaters. Those receipts will be enough to easily glide to the number one spot over last weekend's champion, Death on the Nile, and that is, again, from the good folks over at Variety. All right, number one, this will be the number one film at the box office this weekend. It's easily going to be Death on the Nile. I don't think it's going to have any trouble beating Dog. Uh, and unless there's some kind of big Spider-Man resurgence, <laughs> which I don't think there's going to be, uh, this is going to easily be the number one spot. But sometimes <laughs> being, you know, like in sex, being first isn't necessarily a good thing. Or is it necessarily good enough? You you know, Boy, wow, wow. that took a turn. You don't want to be. First. You don't want to race to the finish line. You don't want to race That's to the finish rude. line unless you're asked to. Unless you're asked to, but now we're getting into something completely different. So anyway, first at the box office is great, but that isn't good enough. You also got to and listen. Uncharted is a movie that costs 120 million dollars to make. That means conservatively. This is a movie that probably needs to come in around the 280 to $310 million range at the box office to break even. I mean, depending on how much they actually spent on the marketing, which this wasn't the most marketed film in the world, it might actually be, the number might be a little bit lower, but a $30 million opening weekend on a long weekend on top of that, that ain't going to cut it. So what does Uncharted have to rely on then? They would have to rely on those $30 million worth of people loving this film coming out and just start buzzing about it. Because, you know, the early, it doesn't happen often. It's very rare. But in a rare situation, like, say, the first Venom movie, where the initial critic reaction was mixed to mixed to miserable, but people saw it and were like, screw that, this movie's awesome. And, and we went back to go see it again and again. That doesn't happen often. You can't rely on that. Can that happen with Uncharted? Well, I don't see that happening. I mean, I may really like it. I hope I really like it. But I don't know. It, it The weather does not look good ahead for Tom Holland and the Funky Bunch and everybody else. It, it <laughs> doesn't look like there's good times ahead. I don't care. I'm going to still see it and like it, I hope. But uh, no, 
Answer your two questions. Number one, yes, it will be number one at the box office. Number two, no, it ain't good enough. It needed something bigger than this. I don't know, Rob, you had a chance to see these numbers. First of all, where's your anticipation level right now for going to see Uncharted today? And then number two, could there be some hope here financially if it does come in and take number one? Look, I mean, I, I love this video game. We've talked about it over the years. Uh, the Uncharted, the first Uncharted game really showed me the possibilities, how gaming and movies were definitely moving toward some kind of a new and interesting fusion. Um, that said, you know, this film, again, I think one of the interesting things about video game movies is I understand why they cast Tom Holland and Marky Mark. I understand that. I mean, Mark Wahlberg playing Sully. That, to me, right away showed a, a – that's a stumbling block for me. Nathan Drake is not a kid. Nathan Drake he was well, yes, in, in one of the games. Well, yes, but that's that was when I uh, he was a prototype. He was Indiana Jones for the modern era. That's what Nathan Drake was. That was what he con was conceived as. And I think that while everyone loves Tom Holland as Spider Man, I don't think everyone loves him as Nathan Drake. And and then once you've gone that way with the casting, then the film itself, I think it suffers already. I, I can say this without having seen the movie. It suffers from everything else video games suffer from. Everybody wants to change the game because you're making a movie. So let's cast this video game movie by, by Hollywood rules, by putting somebody who is a box office draw in Hollywood to play the character, whether that person's best to be that character or not. See, this is where I, I disagree with you. Because if they, they they weren't going by, let's just cast somebody who's a big box office draw. Because if that was the case, there are a plethora of 30 to 45-year-old big, big stars they could have put in this movie. They started with their story. And the story they wanted to start off with was, let's start with a younger Nathan Drake and build his legend over a franchise. Well, that's the and that then, is exactly the problem. So you think they you, you, you just don't like the idea that they decided to start him younger you thought they should have started him in the 30 to 45 year old. I, I think, first of all, Tom Holland was the wrong. I love Tom Holland. I think he's a great actor. Let me ask you this, though. If there, the, the story is we're starting off with a younger Nathan Drake, do you still think Tom Holland's the wrong guy to cast? Yes. Okay. So you would have yes. gone with a different I would have gone with it. Even with the younger guy. It's the, it's the difference between Tom Cruise playing Jack Reacher and Alan uh, Rich. Rich playing Jack Reacher. Who's a better Who's a better Jack Reacher? I like the first Jack Reacher. I really like but, the first Jack but, Reacher. But Tom Cruise, they they cast a movie star in that role, which is great. But is that the best thing for the character of Jack or of of Reacher? Is that the? And I think Tom Holland. The problem is, as a human being, he doesn't encompass the physicality of a character like Nathan Drake as portrayed in the video game. I think, and also this idea that they didn't think about, they're like, we're going to build a franchise. Never put your universe before your characters and your story. You, I mean, I understand we have to think ahead. How about make a great movie for for once? But, but again, I, I disagree with you on that because you're making the assumption here that by starting him younger, that automatically means you're not starting with your story. And I'm saying, I'm not no, saying I just think they wanted to tell their story from a certain way. I mean, that, look. They I, didn't need a young Nathan Drake when the first Uncharted game dropped. You know, he was already fully formed, loved the character, loved the story, loved the world, loved the milieu. Do that. But then they're like, no, we have to go back. And I'm like, you, they never, they never look at their video games and go, we should do it like that. Well, when it, when the, I would argue that the, the video game movies that have been closest to the games have been the worst movies. 
Well, I, that's, I mean, that's that's part of the, well, I mean, you, you that, yourself are always talking about they really need to focus on good adaptation. No, I, I totally agree. But I, I think that there is a there's a medium that they haven't met yet. And this clearly already based on the box office and based on the reviews, they didn't nail this. And I'm thinking what's interesting to me is when I played Uncharted for the first time, I loved it because it was the closest game I'd ever played that was like playing a movie which is the most ironic thing in the world to me. I'm like, this is ripe for adaptation. This should absolutely work because the game was such a great fusion of character and story and gameplay. And I'm like, how do you mess that up? And I'm not saying, I'm sure we're going to enjoy it. I'm not. Every, I, I'm glad you're sure we're going to enjoy it. I'm not terribly sure everyone we're going to enjoy it. Everyone said the same thing. Like Harloff said, good movie, entertaining movie. It wasn't the game I loved, mm-hmm. but it was a good movie. And I'm like, that's the problem. Is it? Is, I mean, isn't that the problem? I mean, if well, we walk million out. million or $35 million says If we it walk is. out saying it was a good movie, is it really a problem? Isn't that. And I, I wonder if there's another thing, too, here. I, with the $30 million opening thing, I wonder if we have overestimated the awareness and popularity of the franchise amongst non gamers. I, well, I like. I wonder. That's true too. I wonder that as well. So I mean, but there's there's a lot of potential. There's a. Here. I mean, gamers out there. It's like mm-hmm. this. This is a huge popular video game franchise. There's been what four Uncharted and so one. So is World of Warcraft. Yeah. Well, that yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But again, but I would say the same thing. You know, it's 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 such a weird. It's so bizarre because the problem is the game itself is going to wind up being more entertaining than the movie, yeah. more mm-hmm. engrossing than the film. That is a problem. Yeah. But point me to a video game movie that that well, hasn't I, been the No, case I know. With, but right? I mean, I this mean, particular game is, I'm just saying that when I first played it, I was blown away. This is the very first video game I was so engrossed in, I sat down and played it from beginning to end. There's not a, a lot of games like that. Yeah. Uncharted, God of War, Last of Us, yep. uh, Red Dead Redemption. Tomb Raider. The, the, the new, the the new iteration of yeah. Tomb Raider. The story mode of Grand Theft Auto V when I first got that. <laughs> I couldn't stop playing it. Anyway, Chris, I know more than anybody else I know, you've been the most excited for this movie. <laughs> like, just I haven't been able to contain I your excitement. I haven't been able to shut up about how it's much I love all this day. movie. My, my phone blowing up just, all hours of the day from Chris. Countdown to Uncharted. John, There's... are you so excited? I'm totes thrilled to be going. <laughs> <sighs> what, do you, what do you think about these numbers we're seeing? Good for them. Good for them. And it's great if people like this movie and go see it. I'm of this same camp, though, of this isn't an Uncharted movie. And if you name something Uncharted, you're promising me a certain thing. If this was just Tom Holland, Tom Holland and Marky Mark going wacky adventures, I'd be like, cool, let's go watch that. Yeah. But it's Uncharted. And so I want a certain film. And it that game is so cinematic. That's why we're adapting it. That's why we're adapting things like The Last of Us. Because they're beautiful stories that we go, gosh, I want to do that in live action. And sure, there are problems when we do something that's a shot-for-shot remake. I mean, look at Psycho, right? Where we're like, that's literally <laughs> the not. same movie. Or don't. <laughs> don't. Or don't. But that, that's shot-for-shot. Shot. Or when we've seen, you know, um, Watchmen, panels were taken out. That was a very faithful adaptation that didn't work. But this seems so far removed from what I was expecting, just because it's shiny, bright, and new. I, I want some patina on it. I want right. I want you know, this to be an adventure movie with a scoundrel. The, I think what you just said, you know, one of the great things about the Uncharted game was those backgrounds. Mm-hmm. You know, you get, went into those worlds and they were they were obviously on earth, but they were fantastical without being too fantastical. Mm-hmm. And there isn't at least I can only say this from the trailer, it looks too normal even like I love them 
pulling the Spanish galleons in the air with helicopters. But when they find the Spanish galleons, it looks like they're just kind of in the Goonies cave. It doesn't it doesn't have that larger than life feel to it, if that makes any sense. And that's not having seen the movie yet. Yeah, exactly. This is all based on yeah, the yeah. trailer. Yeah, we should point out we haven't yeah. seen the movie yet. I, I might these two may come out loving this film and I may end up hating it, but we'll find out. Look, here's an un- 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 uncomfortable kind of question that we need to raise up here, though. I am a big Tom Holland fan. I am. I, I think the kid's great. Mm-hmm. I really can't call him kid too much. <laughs> the guy's mid twenties, right. but, but he's playing kids, right? right? He's pl- he just finished playing an eighteen year old. Yes, that's the age we see him as. That, that's true. And they're trying to have the best of both worlds. But we got to ask this uncomfortable question. I ask this as a fan. <laughs> if this movie does, I mean, for all I know, that this may open up to fifty million dollars, and that actually would be a pretty decent number for it. But if this thing ends up making thirty million. Big popular franchise, big popular star. Do we have to take a serious look at truly what is the bankability of Tom Holland? Does Tom Holland draw an audience or does the costume of Spider-Man draw the audience? Mm. Because he has had, and we, we've had this conversation a little bit before already. And by the way, I just realized I forgot oh, to turn on your, I'm an your fan again. I'll take care of that in a second. I'll get your camera going here in a second. But... We have we have had to bring up this question before about when we look at these the succession of films he's done he's done well, like Cherry and 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 things like that. But he's a good actor. He is a good actor, but nobody seems to be particularly interested. I, I am, but other than me, nobody seems to be particularly interested in seeing the movies that he's starring in. If it's not, you know, a hyphenated word that ends in man. You know, if it's not a Spider-Man movie and if you can star in an Uncharted and if it's not very good, but it only opens up to $30 million, do we have to take a really seriously hard look at can Tom Holland be a guy that producers go to and say, we can make you our leading man in this? Or is he kind of relegated to playing good roles for movies that don't need to be big hits? I don't know, Rob, what do you think? I think you've asked uh, a great question. And I think that casting in Hollywood is a big deal. To me, if, if, if somebody said to me, Rob, okay, you right away, you, you give me in five seconds, cast a Nathan, Nathan Drake. I would say Chris Pine. Chris Pine would be a, a, a Nathan Drake character because I see him close to how he was. Maybe he's a little too pretty, but to me, that's of his ilk, watching that new... It's whether it's Nathan Fillion, obviously, is what everybody wanted. He was in, but you could grime up Pines good, though. I mean, if we can make Cavill look like the Witcher, come on. I I mean, that's but but the thing is, I think that uh, Tom Holland has been miscast, and I think he's miscast in this. I thought he was miscast in Cherry. He's good. He's doing the best he can with these roles. You can't say that he's not a great actor. He's a I, fine actor. I really think I, I he think is a he's fine really actor. Good, yeah. But you've got to give him something that that is both age appropriate and that he can carry. He's also, I mean, he's a tiny guy. He's not a big guy. He and, is ripped though. Oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, he is yeah. the no, physicality. What he can he can do things a lot of actors cannot do physically. Absolutely, but but you know, I'm uh, the problem is Nathan Drake is an Indiana Jones clone. And that's what I'm looking for. That's what I would expect out of this. And I think that was, I understand from a studio perspective, how many bankable people can you bet $120 million on now? There aren't many. So I understand why they did it. But I'm just like, even when I watch the trailers, I love Tom Holland. I love his screen presence. But watching him in Uncharted, even what he's doing, I'm like, I don't buy it. 
I don't buy the verisimilitude of Tom Holland playing Nathan Drake. Even well, if he's playing a younger Nathan Drake, because well, he ain't going to grow up to be like some six six foot, sure. beefy dude that can travel the world and beat the hell out of people. But we got to keep in mind, so this is still a movie we haven't seen. It's true. Right. So we're all basing this on two minute trailers. Right. But I so, don't think my feeling about him as Nathan Drake is going to change. This is an existential yeah, and it may not. opinion. It may not. Anyway, oh guys, the question is for you. What do you think about this? I mean, Uncharted is easily going to take number one. And that's that's the first thing you got to do. Take number one at the box office. But if it is coming in at 30 million, number one, it, be it as it may, that ain't enough to justify you can't lose money if you're an uncharted movie with these types of stars in it questions for you guys what do you think about all this jump on down to the comments section below and let us know your John, can i say one thoughts. thing one more thing sure i want to love this movie i want people to know i i'm not a hater here i really want to love this film i really do i think you want to love every movie you go in to see i i think i think most film fans should want to love a movie you go in to see i love this franchise some of us are this. more optimistic than the others i don't know i do not I'm share probably gonna hater. <laughs> i'm probably gonna yeah i don't want to be i don't want people hater. to hate my Wrong. all right with that down <laughs> let's move on to main topic number two chris what is our second main topic today this is from Jonathan Trenton. With movies like Deadpool and shows like Peacemaker showing what an R-rated comic book movie can do, I was really disappointed when they announced the Batman was going to be PG-13. I still sort of hoped we'd see an R-rated version on Blu-ray or something later, but I just saw Matt Reeves say that there isn't one. My question is, why not? I get worried about box office for theaters, but why not include it in the Blu-ray? All right, thanks a lot for sending that in. And yeah, this has been, I mean, first of all, we are 11 days I think from our first viewing of the Batman, by the way, they did some initial press screenings for the Batman last night. And the, I believe the reactions are allowed to come out on February 28th, the day before we go to see it. So reaction watch coming on the, the 28th, probably at some point. But that being said, we're 11 days away from going to see the film. Super excited about it. But one of the narratives and conversations that's been going on around the Batman is and i don't know why but has been this thing about being rated r now you know i i personally think it's a ridiculous conversation to have batman has never been rated r uh, and you can do a hell of a lot of stuff in movies and tv the only thing that's stopping a batman from being rated r is oh make sure you see a big splash of blood or show titties or show have, have, show have batman say fuck seven times yeah that will make the movie better if you do all those things. I, I've never understood that mentality. I really haven't. There are some titles and some characters that maybe are more um, appropriate that that's for, and that does kind of speak more to the DNA of the characters. The Batman's never been that. So when they came out and announced that the Batman was going to be PG-13, I never ceased to be surprised. I could not believe how many people got online to be upset that it wasn't rated R. It's like, yeah, The Dark Knight was rated PG-13. A lot of people consider it to be the greatest comic book film of all time. That being as it may. After they announced that it was going to be rated PG-13, there was some speculation going around, understandably so, that when it comes time for home video, that's when they'll release the Matt Reeves director's R-rated cut of the film, that that was going to be part of it. And I get it because that's there. that has happened several times in the past. I get why people wanted that. I wondered it myself. I wonder I wonder if they're going to do that. It's possible, maybe. Well, Matt Reeves has kind of put an end to that speculation. And he says not only is there not going to be one, he said there was never going to be one. 
So when the person writes in and asks, well, why not leave that stuff in for the Blu-ray thing? Where there's nothing to leave in. Matt Reeves never shot it to be a rated R. This comes to us from Variety. And this is Matt Reeves speaking, saying, in my mind, the movie was always going to be a gritty, edgy, noir, thrilling spectacle that was PG-13. That was always what it was. But I always knew that we'd be pushing the limits of what that could be, and so we didn't really have to cut anything. I'm happy we got the rating because I want people to be able to come and see the movie, Reeves stressed, or sorry, Reeves stressed that no R-rated version of the Batman exists. If anything, Reeves worried that pushing the limits of the PG-13 rating would tip the Batman over into our territory and that he would then have to make cuts. But as Matt Reeves has said, we didn't have to cut anything. Everything we wanted to put in there to make it as edgy as we wanted to be, as, as noir, as thriller, as everything as we wanted to be, we were able to keep it in there. So if you were somebody that was hoping for an R-rated director's cut or something to come later, I, I get why you would think it was possible, because I think it was possible, but apparently that is not the case. And quite frankly, I'm perfectly good with that. The Batman does not need to be rated R. Like, it, it looks like from the trailer, this movie is hyper-violent. I mean, you just see that in the trailer. It yeah. is hyper, hyper-violent. There's a visceralness to the violence that Batman visits on the people he's beaten on. And would a blood splash on the wall make those scenes better? I don't know. If, if Catwoman ripped her shirt open to show her chest, does that make it better? If Robert Pattinson decided to say, want to see the, the sparkly skin on my junk in the sunlight and drop trowel, does that make the movie better? No. I mean, maybe there's some people yelling yes to all that kind of Let's stuff. Let's celebrate know. International Women's Day. But yes, we're celebrating as as Ryan Reynolds did International Women's Day. That doesn't make the movie better. No. Not, not a Batman film. Maybe something else, whatever. So, um, number one, I'm thrilled to hear that Matt Reeves didn't have to cut anything from his, from his cut of the film. It sounds like what we're going to see in theaters is the Matt Reeves cut. So I'm excited to see you here. Anyway, Rob, you're hearing Matt Reeves' comments here. What do you make of them? I, look, I totally agree with what you're saying. I mean... A movie casts a tone or it, it casts a spell and, and, and tries to achieve a certain tone. Having, I would say that having a, say Catwoman and Batman have some erotically charged basic instinct-esque sex scene in the middle of this movie. While that might be entertaining, uh, <laughs> I think that would shatter the tone of what this movie is trying to do. You know, and I think you talk about what, what gives you an R rating, language, body, humor, body, and sexuality. Um, does that belong in a movie like this? And I, I would say no. Uh, Deadpool is an R-rated character in general, especially in the films. And they, 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 they add to that the actual enjoyment of that movie comes from the tone of that character who is R-rated. Let's face it, the way he dispatches people with bladed weapons, the jokes he cracks. I mean, same with Peacemaker. Peacemaker is an is an R. The tone of it is R rated. The tone of the Batman is not R rated. And even if you look at the Dark Knight, John, it, the opening scene when they attack the the bank, and Joker machine guns down. I forget the name of the actor. Why, why am I drawing a blank? I love that character actor. He's in Heat. He's in Contact. But he's the guy who runs the bank at the beginning. There's no blood squibs. He gets machine gunned on the ground. And if you aren't really looking for it, you would never notice that there's no blood squibs. It's still a hardcore scene. He still gets mm -hmm. shot to death. Joker still rocks and rolls, but there's no blood. That's the difference between an R and a PG. 
And is it really any different? It's the same sequence. Or at least a PG-13. No, or PG-13. And I would say, does that affect the film? Not at all. No, I, I agree. And look, let me be very, very clear about something here. All right? Just, just in case you misinterpret me. I love the filthy. Yeah, me too. Bring on the filthy. I love Basic Instinct. I love, listen, I'm a guy, listen, I'm a dude. Look, I like sex and nudity and all that kind of, I love all of it. I do. Bring it on. But what I'm not a huge fan of in my storytelling is gratuitousness. And when something is gratuitous is when you put something in there just so it can be there. Like, I don't care about swearing. I swear all the time. But if you're having a character just dropping F-bombs just to do it, like it doesn't fit with the scene, it doesn't fit with the character, then it just feels gratuitous to me and it pulls me out of the movie. I love good nudity. Love it. But if you're going to drop it in just so we can say, look, we put in nudity, then it feels gratuitous to me and takes me out of the movie. So I'm a fan of all this stuff. Just use it in movies where it's appropriate for it and then it fits with it and it draws you in. I don't know. Chris, you you hearing Matt Reeves talking about like, hey, I always planned this thing to be a PG-13 thing. Does that surprise you that there's not going to be an R-rated cut? Do you think it could have benefited from some more R-rated material? How do you see it? No and no. And I'm a nice lady. I've never said fuck once. I'm I'm a sweet, sweet, genteel Southern woman. I, I have a big problem in movies when there's sex position, right? Where it's just like, we're going to show you some tits so you pay attention to this plot Tit. point. Um, easy, right? She's speaking to her audience <laughs> right beside her. Right? I'm just like... This work, is an work. important, important po plot point. There's some boobs for you, Ray. There's a point but like here. that that doesn't do anything for me. And then the gratuitous violence thing too. I know some people in the chat here are like, man, but you know, we had that in Logan, we have that in Deadpool. Yeah, because those characters, it makes sense. If you're sticking your claws in someone and ripping it out of a body, yeah, that calls for a blood squib. Batman, for most storylines and for most character work, does not kill. So why do I need to see him doing Mortal Kombat-esque violence? That's what I want in those kinds of stories, not here. I want to see him be the world's greatest detective and wear some Kevlar. Yeah, no, look, I, I'm not sitting here saying that I, man, would I be bothered if they had some of that yeah. material. I'm not, no, not at all. I'm not saying it would have bothered me. I'm just saying it doesn't bother me that it's not there because there's no need for it. Exactly. But anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about Matt Reese's comments here about the stuff he's said he didn't record or shoot any R-rated stuff that needed to be taken out of the film? Are you surprised by that? I'll be honest. There's I no am... pantyless interrogation scene in this movie. <laughs> yeah, there's darn it. A little bit. Yeah, just all. You know, what we really need. We need a little bit of that white dress and the police thing. Yep. No. 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 I, do I want a quarter scale action figure of that scene though. I know you do. I want more turtlenecks. <laughs> more turtlenecks. <laughs> turtlenecks. I love my ladies covered. There's an action figure. Double, triple, scale statue. Double, triple layer. Mm. <laughs> the thickness of that sweater. Mm. Let's go. I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> I, I have I'm just saying, I like, I have, I have I like layers. Right next to Vito Corleone. I you like, like layers. layers. I, I, layers are good. All right. Okay. Anyway, guys, okay. questions for you. How do you think about this? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment <clears throat> section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's take a second here and thank another one of the sponsors of today's episode of The John Campus Show, our friends over at ExpressVPN. We want to take a moment and thank a sponsor of today's video, ExpressVPN. So guys, if you've been listening to or following me for any period of time, you guys know that one of my big concerns is often online 
privacy. And that's why I use ExpressVPN. Now, I know what a lot of you guys are probably thinking. You're thinking, well, why don't you just use incognito mode? Well, let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history. Your internet service provider can still see every single website that you visited. And listen, it doesn't matter who your internet service provider is. Internet service providers in the U.S. can legally sell your information to ad companies. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so that your internet service provider can't see the sites that you're visiting. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. And ExpressVPN is available on all your devices. I mean, your phones, computers, even your smart TV. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by Business Insider. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash campia, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash campia, expressvpn.com slash campia to learn more. Guys, if you value your privacy online, you got to look into a VPN. Go and check out our friends at ExpressVPN. Make sure you use that promo code because that supports the John Campia Show. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to our third main topic today. Chris, what is our third main topic today? This is from Christian Hanna. Hey, John. Long story short, when asked if he's in Doctor Strange 2, Ryan Reynolds said, I'm promising I'm not in Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness. <laughs> yeah, I call BS. I don't believe him. I think he's in the movie, but I'm not claiming this as fact, nor his denial as confirmation. Thoughts on this after we had a year and a half of Andrew Garfield lying to the world about No Way Home? All right. Thanks a lot for, seeing, for sending that in, man. And yeah, look, right now, the world, movie fans right now, particularly comic book movie fans, are just pointless cameo crazy. Like, I'm seeing, man, would it be awesome if, you know, Black Bolt showed up? Man, wouldn't it be awesome if Hulk showed up? Man, wouldn't it be awesome if this guy dropped in and that guy dropped in and, and whatever? We talked the other day about there was this online debate going on about the Doctor Strange poster, which does clearly show that Captain Carter is going to be a part of this movie. But then there was that debate over whether that one shard where there seemed to be a light gleam on it, that's Deadpool. And we looked at it and we're like, really? You see Deadpool in that? I, I certainly don't see Deadpool in that. Now, I am not saying that it's not possible that Deadpool could make a cameo in this movie. It's anything is possible. It definitely could happen, but I don't think it will. Number one, because I think it would be totally out of, it breaks the tone of the movie. Like it's one thing to have heavier moments and lighter moments, but having a Deadpool show up in a movie like this seems like it would just completely break the tone of the movie. Um, but on top of that, I've never seen why would you have him pop up in here? Professor Charles Xavier popping up, that makes sense. There's things about that that make it make sense, that it's not gratuitous. It, it, it's there because it makes sense. Dropping Deadpool just so we can say, look, everybody, Deadpool's there. It, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Again, does that mean it can't happen? Absolutely not. It absolutely can happen, but I don't think it will. Now, adding the voice to the chorus of no he's not going to be there now is ryan reynolds himself now he was out promoting his new netflix film the adam project which the trailer looks pretty good and he was asked because you know the reporters got to ask him about the all these whispers and rumors about maybe him going to be in doctor strange too this is what comes to us from cinema blend 
Ryan Reynolds is currently promoting his upcoming Netflix adventure movie, The Atom Project, where the actor appears alongside two Marvel stars, Zoe Saldana and Mark Ruffalo. While speaking to Variety, Reynolds was asked about the rumored Deadpool involvement in Doctor Strange 2. Here's how he responded. I guess I'm not supposed to say anything about that, but I'm really not in the movie. I could be an unreliable I could be an unreliable narrator, but I am promising I am not in the movie. That comes to us from Ryan Reynolds. Now, we have just gone through a year and a plus of Andrew Garfield swearing up and down that he was not in the movie. Despite images of him and Toby Maguire standing together on top of the Statue of Liberty still deny it. Despite video footage of him in the movie, in the Spider-Man costume, that got confirmed that it was real footage, he still denied that he was in the movie. Right up until release day of Spider-Man No Way Home, Andrew Garfield denied that he was not in the movie. Now, he always stopped short of, I swear on my mother, I, I am not in this movie. Like, he didn't go super far, but he clearly heavily implied that he was not. And, of course, that was BS. And none of us blame him. But it was obviously BS. So now Ryan Reynolds comes out and he says, guys, listen, I am promising you I am not in this movie. Now, I have my own reasons for completely believing him that I cannot share, but I have my own reasons for completely believing him when he says, I promise you I am not in this movie. It's true. Look, I don't blame anybody who's skeptical of his words because again the whole andrew garfield situation we've just seen this done but here i think ryan reynolds is completely telling the truth they asked him as an offhanded thing he said look i, I get it i shouldn't be talking about going stuff going on in the marvel mcu because i'm about to be in it and maybe i'm an unreliable source because it's me but i am promising you i am not in it that's the kind of language that andrew garfield did not use and so when you combine that guys with the fact that I think Deadpool popping up would be breaking the tone, that I don't see any narrative reason for him to have that cameo. And, you know, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire's, theirs were purely narrative-driven for being in that. I, I got to say, I completely believe Ryan Reynolds. While I still believe it's possible Deadpool shows up, and by the way, Deadpool could be in it without Ryan Reynolds being in it. I mean, Ryan Reynolds saying, I promise you I'm not in it. They could slap any idiot in the suit and put the mask on and have him tilt his head. But I don't think they're going to do that either. But anything is possible. But I, for one, I actually completely believe Ryan Reynolds on this one. Anyway, Rob, you hear Ryan Reynolds' comments. You've seen all the arguments online about it. What do you make of what Reynolds said? Well, obviously, yesterday we talked about this, made a good case how he could because the end of Deadpool 2 has him traveling through time and changing the timelines or things like that. So it's possible. But I would say this, John. I think the tone, again, back to the tone of the movie, the tone of this movie looks fairly dark and fairly serious. And I think Deadpool being the fourth wall breaker that he is, if he showed up in this film, it would shatter the tone that they're going for. I think it would really, like a sex scene, it would stop the movie cold and people are like, bum, chicka, wow, wow, it's Deadpool. You know, and we wouldn't, it, whatever was going on in the movie, would it would stop. And you'd be laughing, and it would not be what I think director Sam Raimi or producer Kevin Feige would want to happen in this particular movie. So I think not. By the way, before we go over to Chris here, I want to let you guys know, for those of you watching live, I have put up a poll in the live chat. 
So if you are in the live chat right now, we do have a poll up that we put up. And the question in the poll is very simple. Do you believe Ryan Reynolds saying that he is not in Doctor Strange 2? Do you believe him? We have 300 votes now already. 53% of you are saying no, you don't believe him. 47% of you are saying yes, that you do. Now over 600 votes it's now 51% of you are saying, yes, you do believe him. No, so I'm going to leave that up for a couple more minutes. We'll come back to the poll in a second. Anyway, Chris, Ryan Reynolds, after Andrew Garfield for a year of bold face lying to our faces, and we don't blame him, but yeah, Ryan Reynolds yeah. is now saying, I am promising you I am not in Doctor Strange 2. Do you believe him? Why or why not? No, he lies. <laughs> he lies like a rug. He lies like a dog. I, I don't believe anyone when it comes to the MCU anymore. I think he's absolutely going to be in this. And we talked about this yesterday. Marvel's really great at introducing levity to those dark moments, those really heavy emotional moments. What better than a Deadpool just popping out and giving the finger to Charles Xavier and then moonwalking out of there? He doesn't have to be in there a lot, but he can pop in and Sam's the director to get that done and do it well. I just don't think anyone who says they're not in a movie is not in it at this point because I've been, I've been burned before, John. I'm, I'm not going to let it happen again. And I mean, everything Ryan Reynolds says, I know it's just his delivery, but it always sounds like he's lying. Yeah, you know? it does. He yeah. Just, like he, he's reading that quote. You can hear it in his voice of, I promise you, I'm not in that movie. I'm like, no, you're, that means you're there. I believe him about Mint Mobile, though. I do. Oh, of course you believe him. Oh, about man. That. It makes you, gotta make you be, feel bad for Blake Lively. Like, even if he brings home flowers, she's like, are you just being sarcastic? I like, love uh, how much shit she gives him, though. Oh, Their relationship on social media is so beautiful. That is couple goals. I, oh. I don't know. Do you guys remember like a year or two ago, Blake Lively? I th it might have been a Valentine's Day or might have been their anniversary, but it was Blake Lively, some other handsome movie star, and Ryan Reynolds together, right? And I think it was like either her anniversary with Ryan or it was Valentine's Day. She posted a picture where she clearly cut Ryan Reynolds out of the picture yeah. and had her and the other handsome movie star saying happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> like seriously, the, the the ongoing battle between online between Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds is only bested by the back and forth between Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. I mean, that that is couples goals right there. By the way, uh, over 1,200 votes have come in and it is still dead close. Uh, right now in asking the question online, do you guys believe Ryan Reynolds saying that he is not in Doctor Strange 2? 52% of you are now saying, yes, you believe him. 48% of you are saying, no, you don't. It is a dead heat right now. But I need to ask my living lie detector, Ray Aura. Ray, yeah. Ryan Reynolds is saying he ain't going to be in Doctor Strange 2. Why should we or why should we not believe him? Um, You shouldn't believe him. Because you're, I, you're falling on the I actually, cool. someone sent me a side-by-side -side of the Doctor Strange poster. You know, what, yeah. what we talked about. And I do see him in that, in that uh, I, starter glass. I, I, I do I see so it now. I so many people sending me stuff. I just don't see it. I, I, I see it, but it's not as clear as the shield of uh, Captain Carter. But uh, it's there. I mean, unless it's one of those things that where someone pulls out a chip out of like a Frito or a Lay's bag and it looks like a Jesus or something like that. <laughs> unless it's one of those things that just happened like by accident. Yeah, it's it's him. But then so here's I, think the he's, question. I think he's in it. Uh, but I got to ask. If they are wanting to keep it a secret, why would they put it in the poster? I mean, even yeah. subtly, even Andrew, minorly. Have you seen any of her graphics, John? I've been putting shit in your graphics for the past <laughs> 10 years. He's been fighting all the, the whole time. There's penises everywhere. Everywhere. It's all dong, all dong, all day. 
for that. So I, I don't know. I, I'm sticking with the fact that I believe him. I don't think he's going to be in this. But right now, it is a dead split. We're now over 1,500 votes. It's 51%. Yes, you're believing him. 49% you don't. We're going to call that practically a dead draw on this, on whether people believe in him. I, I tend to believe him on this. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this whole idea of Ryan Reynolds maybe being in it, but he's coming out saying, listen, I am promising you I'm not. Do we believe him? Do we not? How can we believe any celebrity after the whole Andrew Garfield thing? What are you guys thinking about this right now? Jump down to the comments section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, we're going to go into a last-minute fourth main topic on this. This is kind of being started. We would put this at the end, but we got to have the Peacemaker discussion at the end. So let's have this discussion right now. It's kind of an off the top, but it was too important to have as an off the top. Is this about Oscar Isaac being Apocalypse in Doctor Strange? Yes, we're going to completely talk about that. Because that's true. Here's the thing. You guys know, everybody knows, that probably, depending on by which metric you want to go by, the Avengers franchise, not the MCU as a whole, but the Avengers franchise by per movie box office results is the biggest film franchise in the history of Hollywood. There has never been a bigger film franchise, titled franchise, ever in the history of Hollywood. If you go by on a per movie basis and the box office results of those, it beats out Harry Potter, it beats out Star Wars, it beats out James Bond, it beats out everything. It is the biggest franchise ever. And we, including me, have been fairly safe in assuming that this is going to be a franchise. There's going to be Avengers 5 and Avengers 6 and Avengers 7 and Avengers 8 and Avengers 9. But we are now a number of years removed from Avengers Endgame with no word about the next Avengers. We have went back and checked. We have never gone this long in between Avengers movies without an announcement about what either A, when the next Avengers movie is coming, or B, what it's going to be about, or whatever. We've never gone this long. That movie came out in 2019, Avengers Endgame. came out in 2019. It's now 2022. Now, granted, there's been a global pandemic and all that kind of stuff, but we have never gone this long without an announcement of some sorts or indicator about what the next Avengers is going to be. Well, we might, might have a reason why that is. Because Kevin Feige just did an interview on an official Marvel podcast and, well, I'll let you hear what he had to say himself. He said the following. Marvel Studios and the Cinematic Universe is now past their 10th anniversary. And with the release of the final Avengers movie, we're finally, uh, we finally completed a 22-movie uh, Infinity Saga. Talking back and reflecting back on that whole Infinity Saga said, again, Marvel Studios and the Marvel Cinematic Universe is now past their 10th anniversary, and with the release of the final Avengers movie, we finally completed a 22-movie Infinity Saga. All right. It's always dangerous when you're just getting into playing a game of semantics, but it's a game we've got to play right now because a, a lot of outlets are running with the headline, understandably so, that Kevin Feige just said that Avengers Endgame was the final Avengers movie. And that ain't clickbait. That's exactly what he just said. Now, whether or not he meant that <laughs> or whether or not he just didn't word it right, okay, that can be up for debate. But the fact is that Kevin Feige just said that Endgame was the final 
Avengers movie. <clears throat> and I've got to give this a little bit of weight. Because when you hear him say that, and then you realize that it has been years since the last Avengers movie, and we've heard nothing about new Avengers movies. We've heard tons about the future of Black Panther, not just of the next movie, but the television series coming beyond. We've heard tons of stuff about the Ms. and Mrs. and Captain Marvel families moving forward and what they're going to do. We've heard a lot about the future of Moon Knight and how She-Hulk's going to play into things. Fantastic Four is coming. We got Professor X coming into Doctor Strange too. A little bit of a roadmap there for the um, for the X-Men. Hell, we had that big D Disney uh, Investors Days meeting where they talked about all this stuff and not in all these years since Endgame, not one mention about Avengers coming or going and what they might do, what the future might be. And in light of all that, that being the context, Kevin Feige now comes out and says, that was the final Avengers movie. Now, look, let me say this. Skip to the end here a little bit. I don't believe this was the final Avengers movie. I think this might just be something in the wording of Kevin Feige. Like, I also don't think this is Kevin Feige trying to mislead the audience. I think he may have misworded this from saying the last what he should have said was the last Avengers movie. He shouldn't have said the final one. But again, if you are somebody who believes that Kevin Feige just told us that that was indeed the final one, you're not crazy because there's enough anecdotal evidence there to kind of support it. Because again, I remember I was talking to my buddy the other day, well, it was probably more like two or three weeks ago, about the fact that, you know, my friend asked me, hey, you know, can't be you're the movie guy. How come we haven't heard anything about a new Avengers movie? Haven't heard since before, anything since before the pandemic. And I'm like, you know what? This is a good question. I don't know. I don't know. They seem to have the, the next five years planned out and nothing about an Avengers movie. And in that context, having Feige says that was the final one. I get it. You got to take that, at least consider it seriously, that maybe it's the last one. Again, I don't think so. And maybe there is semantics going on here. Maybe we are going to get another Avengers movie. It ain't going to be called Avengers. It's going to be called West Coast Avengers. Or it's going to be called The New Avengers. Or it's going to be called Avengers Plus or Avengers Max. I mean, I don't know. It, it could be one of those things. I'm thinking he meant that core group. That initial group is the original That's Avengers. That's another yeah. possibility. You know, we won't see another Avengers with that there right now it's okay. important to point out that's not what he said i know i know that but that's what that. I, that's what i take it as right because you are not going to see that avenger tom or not tom um james gunn we recently did this cover james gunn recently did uh guardians made a galaxy. statement about guardians of the galaxy saying this is going to be the last time you see that group of guardians together and maybe that's kind of what kevin feige was implying at here but whatever the case Words matter, and his choice of words here certainly got a lot of people kind of spinning here. Anyway, Rob, let me ask you this. What do you think about Feige's statement, and what do you think about the fact that we haven't heard anything about an Avengers thing? We've never gone this long between hearing about things about it. How are you interpreting this whole situation? There will be an Avengers 5 in 2025. You think 2025, Absolutely. that far off? 100%. So six years in between. Well, forget the pandemic. Phase four of Marvel didn't begin until 2021 with Black Widow. It took five years from the time Iron Man was released to get Avengers 1. It will take another five years. They will announce Avengers 5 in 2023. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you don't think, if you really think, like if anybody thinks 
it ain't show friends, it is show business. And like you pointed out, this is the most lucrative franchise ever, ever in the history of movies. And what they are doing now is they are building up the new characters that are going to be in that Avengers movie. It's going to be Shang-Chi. It's going to be Moon Knight. It's going to be all the characters that they're introducing. And it's going to be right now they're they're the pieces are being put into place. And and whether I, I mean the the problem is they don't have to announce when he says Kevin Feige said final because that's right. Right now, that's the final Avengers movie. He's not stupid. That guy <laughs> knows exactly what words he uses. He knows exactly what he says. He is he's not he he there's no malapropisms that come out of his mouth. That guy knows. And when he says final, do you think he wasn't sitting back thinking to himself? <laughs> All these clickbait articles. I'm sure he must get a call every single day from the marketing department at Disney going, I don't know how you do this, dude, but you just generate headlines. We couldn't pay for the kind of press that we're getting. And by the word final, even Kevin Feige is probably like, well, there is only four Avengers movies. There isn't any more. That's the final one. I was using the right, right word. And he's like, why would anybody think that there wouldn't be Avengers movies? I mean, we're Marvel. That's what we do. The Avengers is literally our core. That is that is the basis for our entire universe. There's going to be one. It's going to come out in 2025. It's probably either going to be Secret Wars or something else. I guarantee it. I, I, I look. I, I believe there's going to be more Avengers, but there it might there might be a bit of a twist on it. It, it is important to point out though that between the release of Iron Man and 2019, there were four Avengers films released. In that period, which is a, a, an average of 2.5, every 2.5 years, they had a new Avengers film out. So that would represent a six-year gap between the one Avengers and that one. I think it's clear we're not going to get an Avengers movie anytime soon. I think no, we're all in agreement and, 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 about but, that. But remember, they were building, th this was methodical. They were building up Avengers. If they had released an Avengers movie they're like Paul Masson. They will release no wine before it's time. I mean, that's what the they're they're Dan, shrewdly you just dated yourself. <laughs> I know, right? They're shrewdly building up their their. That's what they do. They build the foundation, so the foundation is solid. And when the Avengers five comes out, whatever it's going to be, dude. I sat in that theater five years into the MCU. I sat there. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I couldn't believe there was an Avengers movie. It was fantastic. And and they, they're coming off of the entire Infinity Saga. They can't just throw an Avengers movie out. They've got to build up to it. We got Arashem the Judge coming back. We got Galactus out there. We got the Fantastic Four. We got the X-Men. There's so much stuff that they're going to build. By the time Avengers 5 comes out, we're going to want it so bad. I'm <laughs> telling you. I would argue that they're, we're already there. I, I, I kind of lean towards more what Ray is saying. I actually... It, kind of does you're kind of alluding to it as well that i think there's a, a sense here that the next avengers movie is not going to be avengers like it's right. either a, a, a semantic play on the fact that this is a totally new cast of characters or they're going to because you yourself i remember you you called this because if it ever does happen we got to remind everybody you called this a long time ago that there will be a west coast avengers now i've i've not believed that but you have i hope and so. it'll probably it be a series be, might yeah. be serious but it could be that that's what they the next iteration of our big team is not going to be called Avengers. It's going to be called New Avengers or West Coast Avengers or, again, Avengers Max, whatever it is. Avengers Premium Plus. I, Avengers I, Premium I, Plus. I think it's going to be straight up Avengers. Could be. Really? I do because 
Because that's the brand, and that is, I mean, the Avengers, as far as comics go, even now, as an old, old, old man like me, like, like I am, Avengers, even when I was a kid, there was a cachet. When you were talking Avengers, there was the Justice League, and there was the Avengers, and they were the Mount Olympus of comic pantheons. And you don't change that. It is the Avengers. Mm-hmm. It might That's be the it. new Avengers. West Coast Avengers was always yeah. like the new Coke. Or yes. the next of Avengers. Avengers. Or the young Avengers. The, next, young Avengers. the next, next Avengers is, is probably. That's Great not Lakes. A, yeah. There's all these. And I think we'll hear them referred to in the show or movie as this of, oh, these mighty Avengers, the West Coast the mighty team, Aven- yeah. the ultimate. But I don't know if it's going to be the title of a movie. And, oh, look- oh, the new class. Avengers, <laughs> the new class. Yeah. Look what we're getting now. Look at Doctor, Doctor Strange. Is about as bonkers. I mean, if we're not getting an Avengers movie this year, I think Spider-Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange, it's like getting two Civil Wars in a way. I mean, Civil Wars was Avengers 2.0, and now we're getting, we're getting, (laughs) I mean, come on. And also, like, they're working in some other properties, too, that are groups like Fantastic Four, X-Men. All these things are coming into play. I mean, I mean, for them to, look how many years it took them to build this one Avengers the whole the whole arc of it i mean including all those other groups coming in i don't it might not be in the near future but it'll be later on i'll even throw something out even though i don't think this is likely if we if the theory we're talking about about wanda bringing back the mutants right which i I want to talk about again a little bit later the next avengers movie could be avengers versus x-men that would be awesome because that was a pretty cool comic. I mean, it was, and you bring the Avengers, what happens when the X-Men show up and the X-Men are not like five dudes. The X-Men are uh, hundreds, a pantheon of, a giant pantheon of characters. Sure, but that movie wouldn't be three years away. Yeah, like you, you, if you want to do Avengers versus X-Men, number one, you got to bring the X-Men in. Yes. And then you got to establish the X-Men, get them their own sort of thing. So that would, if they do that, that would be something that's probably six, seven years away, and I would guess. Be, and I there, could were, see there would have three. to be some deaths too, right? In that, like kill, kill off people. They well, would have I mean, to kill Marvel people. doesn't kill anybody. Oh, right. I mean, if so, everybody fake dies and comes back and. I mean, what are the Avengers? Right now, there aren't, there is no Avengers right now. We don't even know what the status is of the team. You know, all the members of the team are scattered to well, the four okay, winds. Well, okay, so that, was, that goes to the point I was going to bring up next because I think there's two very interesting movies on the docket right now that I think are going to pretty much give us a much clearer picture of what lies ahead for both of them. I think the Flashpoint movie for DC is really going to lay out for the audience, this is where we see the DC movies going. And I think Doctor Strange 2 is that movie for Marvel. I think Doctor Strange 2 is going to be an insanely pivotal film that is going to be the movie that for us says, okay, here's where we're at with the MCU right now. Because you're right. A lot of us have been asking the questions. What is going on with the Avengers? We don't even know who's in the Avengers right now. We don't even know what the Avengers is right now. I think there's a lot of questions about the world as a whole. And just as I think Flash is going to kind of say, this is where DC is at right now. I think Doctor Strange is going to be the movie to do that for the MCU. I think you're absolutely right. I think we're going to get a lot of answers. I think you're right, but I do think it's going to be the beginning of the introduction of the X-Men. Well, I mean, we got Patrick Stewart. However they're going to do that, they're going to... And again, I I hark back. This is a strange thing to say, but Kevin Feige is a huge Star Trek fan. And we talked about how Endgame was going to deal with all good things. 
You know how Captain Picard was yeah. jumping through Eric. Greatest series finale in the history of TV, by the way. If you're a Star Trek fan, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is going to be, it's going to be yesterday's Enterprise. I think the the shifting of time, the Klingon War, there, if, 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 if Kevin Feige was thinking all good things for Endgame, Doctor Strange is going to be yesterday's Enterprise. I don't know how. But that's in my mind. That's it's going to be analogous to that somehow, where there was an alternate future and all that. Chris, you've been uh, hearing all this. You know, Kevin Feige says that that one was the final one. I don't think any of us really believe that no. at, at all. Again, the the complete dead silence on anything Avengers related. I think makes it so if there are people out there who take those words seriously, I, I think they have some basis to think that. Sure. But you're hearing all this. What's your take on it? I mean, as I said, I don't believe anyone anymore. You tell me <laughs> it's not happening. I don't believe you, Feige. Table flip. Everyone's lying to me. Um, I think this they is are. just that everyone is. Everyone's lying all the time. I think this is just the end of that iteration, like y'all were saying. I think we're going to have a new team. And, and that'll be fun. Let's do some Dark Avengers. Let's do some other stuff. Let's really explore this. Let's do AIM. I'm really excited for these other teams. It's just going to be the end of this core group that we're used to. We're going to make way for all the other heroes. Now, by the way, uh, Rob can't see it, but up on the screen, I have like one of the promo pieces from Endgame. Mm -hmm. And in that promo piece, uh, let's look at who we still have, right? Rocket is still there. Nebula is still there. War Machine is still there. Uh, Widow gone, Thor is still there, Tony and uh, Cap are gone, but they'll be back. Um, Banner is still there, Hawkeye theoretically is still there, Ant-Man is still here, Captain Marvel is still here, Okoye is still here. So out of this huge thing, there's still a lot of characters still around, kicking around, but the heart and the soul is is Cap and Tony and they are gone. And, yeah. and if... If you're one of the people who was of the belief that this is just him referring to the iteration of the Avengers that we have known, well, yeah, that because the the heartbeat of it, Cap and Tony, they're gone. Really, you can make an argument that the entire Infinity Saga is really the story of of Tony and and Captain Rogers. It has been their franchise up until that point with a lot of very strong supporting characters. And maybe this is just a representation of a, of a transition period. But whatever. Well, Guys. Oh, no, Ray, what well, are you going to say? I'm just saying we could just look at the slate that they have announced of the solo movies. And we could pretty much maybe pick out the ones that would fit into under the Avengers. Thing. Well, look, even yeah, the way they, they promoted Shang-Chi, they said, meet your newest Avenger. Exactly. Yeah. But 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 the thing is, we have to wait for these movies to release. Yes. You know, <laughs> fans also have to attach themselves to these new characters. Some of these characters, right. the uh, these uh, fans have never seen before. And uh, Marvel's hoping that they love them as much as uh, they love the other well, ones. Shang-Chi was an Avenger. Some of the Eternals have been Avengers. Moon Knight's been an Avenger. So We're talking know. in the comic books. Yeah, yeah. the comics. It's, it's just scary, yeah. All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about Kevin Feige's comments? I mean, we don't believe that there's never going to be another movie with the word Avengers in it, but how do you interpret what he's saying? How do you kind of equate that or rationalize that out with the other stuff that we already know? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down and out of the way, we are now going to move into main topic number five that we're going to call it now. But I'm going to let you guys know here in advance right now, we're about to talk about Peacemaker. 
the finale of the season. And we are going to talk about it in an open, spoilery kind of way. So if you have not had the opportunity to watch the newest episode of Peacemaker, now is the time for you guys to check out because we are going to talk about it in all of its freaking glory. And there's a lot of glory. So <laughs> with that said, Chris, what is our fifth main topic today? This is from Vigilante Sword. Holy shit, balls, Campia. Did you see the Peacemaker fin final episode? I know you did. Rhetorical question. What the actual F? I was so worried they wouldn't stick the landing, but man, they did. And that cameo at the end was such perfection. And my man V had his best fight sequence in the show so far. I'm honestly out of breath after watching it. So effing good. What did you guys think of it? And what was your favorite part? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in. And I, I don't I don't know what to say about that finale, except, oh, my God. That finale Dude. was so good. Dude. It, and I, I can relate with what he's saying, saying, you know, I, I was kind of worried they wouldn't stick the landing because the show's been so good. And it is so difficult, even for the best of shows, to truly stick the landing. But they stuck it perfectly. They set up some cool stuff. They brought, they did something. First of all, let's just talk about that cameo for a second. Let me see if I can if I can bring this up here. Uh, hold a second, Peacemaker, uh, Aquaman. They oh. they did a cameo, okay? Or really, it's it's a group cameo. They did that wasn't just a cheap pop cameo. It was a cameo that they throughout the series had been laying groundwork for all through the entire series. All through this season. They set it up at the beginning of this episode. The, when they set up in the beginning of this episode, they set it up in episode one. They set it up in episode three. They this was they set up this joke about his disdain for Justice League, about Aquaman fucking fish, and about they laid the groundwork, planted the seeds the whole season. And then instead of just having a cheap shop, a cheap pop cameo, they brought in a cameo that was directly tied in because they had actually been building towards this cameo the entire season. When I looked up at the screen and I saw what is clearly Henry Cavill's Superman, even though that's not Henry Cavill, you saw Superman, Aquaman, Flash, and Wonder Woman all show up. I just started dying laughing. Dying laughing. And then Peacemaker completely unfazed. You're late, dickheads. Or whatever it was, he kind of said whatever. And Aquaman saying, go fuck a fish and whatever. Like, That's not true. And Barry, that is true. The One of the best lines I've heard in television history. Aquaman looking at Barry and saying, fuck you, Barry. I, it's, I want a poster of just Jason Momoa as Aquaman saying, fuck you, Barry. That is great. And again, what made the cameo great was, again, it wasn't just a cheap pop. They had been building towards that one moment. And oh man, it delivered. And I had thought at first it was just going to be the silhouettes. And Peacemaker would make some snarky remark at them walk away. The fact that they actually showed us that Jason Momoa and Ezra Miller were there didn't show us Gal Gadot or it wasn't Henry Cavill. That's fine. That to me was amazing. Vigilante went to town in this episode. Like we really got to see why he is like he's a goofball. He's one of the most lethal human beings in the world. Uh, the beheadings, the, the the limbs being taken off of so bodies. Good. It was so fun. John, so many I just beheadings. want to say James Gunn was interviewed, I think it was Deadline, and said that Ezra Miller did like a half an hour of improv. 
And he said it was one of the funniest things he's ever seen in his life. So I hope they release that as a as a thing. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they didn't release it in the post credit. Yeah. Because they always do the post credit where they somebody runs on a line a little bit longer. I'm surprised they didn't put that in, but we got Vigilante. I mean, it's fine. Uh, Economist was great. Just hopping over the fence and his leg busting like that. The whole thing. And by the way, that big moment, because we've been, we've been saying, look, there's something more to the butterflies because Judo Master seemed bought into it and then it was perfect at the end like listen we're here we're here but we decide we need to kind of rule you because we got to save you and by the way that speech what was it goff was that the name was that goff it was goff when goff starts giving the speech saying look we've been watching you guys you guys deny science (laughs) you guys treat minor inconveniences as an affront to your freedoms you guys are just heading for your own destruction. So we got to take in and make you be saved. And I love that you actually saw Peacemaker in that moment struggle with that. And But he then he made his choice. And the fact that, again, going back to the what they laid the foundation for with the human torpedo helmet, <laughs> the fact they didn't even check with her, there was just a human torpedo, boom. Killed the cow. Am I the only one who felt bad for the cow? I felt so bad I felt for the bad. cow. I felt so bad for the cow. But the cow had to die. I mean, I get it. To get rid of all the the butterflies. I mean, that was incredibly great. The dad reappearing to him. Also then showing us that that's probably going to be going into season two as well. I loved that. That he's going to yeah. be. This is something so he doesn't. One gunshot to the head does not cause, fit, cure all of his childhood And issues. even that was set up in the previous episode. Yes, it was. Yeah. You know, you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I, I thought it was a little bit of a cop-out that both Hardcourt and Vigilante, who took what they initially made it look like were fatal shots, were perfectly fine after that. All right. I was kind of expecting a big significant death. Yeah. At the end there, we didn't get that. That's okay. But even like at the very end, as Peacemaker's there on his deck, he Goff is still there. <laughs> and he's like feeding Goff. It's like, look, I, I get it, but we couldn't let you take over the world. But yeah. you're cool to hang out here. Dude, I can't one of the things about the show that I thought was amazing is in the middle of all this mayhem, you suddenly get this amazing piece of character pathos. Well, I dye my beard and all. And oh you, God, how beautiful was that? All moment? the all oh, the God. shots, all the cutaways to like Peacemaker to Chris's face and all that. I mean, you really felt it. Like suddenly you're you're, and now we go into our 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 drama movie already in part progress. And suddenly I'm watching this going. <laughs> Oh man, and I, we all became the characters in the show. We're like, oh, we forgot about the alien invasion for a minute. Yeah, it was really good. It, it reminded me of a saying. Like you have a saying that goes like, everybody has a story that we just hasn't haven't heard yet. Another version of that saying is, everybody is fighting a battle right now that you just don't know about. Mm-hmm. And there was something again. This is so James Gunn. Yeah, to bring something truly profound and deep into something as bonkers and ridiculous as this, but. When he's sitting there talking about, you know, why did that human die things like that? Maybe because he's socially awkward. Maybe because he he hasn't had a girlfriend. And maybe he thinks this is going to help. And maybe he thinks people does, doesn't don't notice. But maybe deep down he knows that they do. I, I mean, look, there, there's something about that that I think was a great reminder about everything you make fun of somebody about. It's probably a real point of... I'm going to say a tender point to them, something that that represents something much deeper for them that, hey, don't you think that they wish that was different? 
Don't you think Campia wishes he was better looking? Don't you think don't you think that whatever wishes that their feet weren't so big, don't you think that person wishes that they came from a different set of circumstances? I mean, I actually found that completely profound. It was almost out of place. It was so profound. But you know what else was great about that is that a butterfly would know these things. Yeah. So it's so so he got away with this so so from a plot point. He actually had to say it. I, I mean, he, but he thought this could be the end of his life. You know, and he was admitting something that was profound. He knows that this could be the end of me because they're going to discover that I'm not a butterfly. But his fellow butterfly is like, yes, you've tapped into the human consciousness and you're saying things that only you would figure out because no one else would know this because you're deep into the psyche of the, 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 the human you've possessed. So it really worked on so many different levels. And I'm like, this is genius. And then the 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 it's such great writing and when you cut to when you cut to to our main characters reacting to it it was it was sad and poignant and i really was like oh man i was but, like but just it adds to it though then at the end as economist goes back to work though after pulling out his laptop the only other thing he puts on his desk is that picture that of the, all of them and he looks at the picture and he smiles at the picture and i'm getting goosebumps just thinking about that like that was that was beautiful. And by the way, a major, major shift in the DCEU with Abadeo. I always pronounce Abadeo. Is that how Abideo. we pronounce it? Abadeo. Abadeo coming out at the end and basically outing Project X. Like outing it and outing her mother. And dude, like that fundamentally changes that moving forward. And I also, one of my predictions did, predictions did not come to pass. I really thought Abadeo's wife mm. was going to end up being somebody significant same i like with the whole thing about her being front and center talking about gotham i really thought we were gonna you know what i also suspected i suspected that not only is she somebody significant it's somebody her mother planted in her life that could still happen in season two i, I mean maybe yeah. they could but that that's kind of something i thought of anyway chris you watched you know peacemaker what to you stood out as like a big highlight moment to you and what was your general takeaway of it oh man i can't believe we got waller in there that cut to viola davis was yeah like, and of course she'd be like what the hell is this i'm so excited for the repercussions of peacemaker and what that has to do for the greater dceu yeah i'm really really pumped about that i i kept expecting though because we had hardcore and vigilante both injured right when vigilante popped up and was just like hanging out with everyone i really expected him to have gotten butterflied and I was so relieved when All he right. hadn't been and keeled over in the hospital because I was really waiting for that. Same with when Harcourt started getting that butterfly in her mouth. I was like, oh, gosh, we're going to we're going to lose some of the 11th Street kids. We're going to have the group messed up. So I'm really happy we still get everyone. I know some people probably in the chat here do think it's a bit of a cop out that we didn't have any major losses, but I would have been heartbroken. I would have been so heartbroken Agreed. if we lost anybody because I love this group so much. I think all the psychological stuff we're going to delve into in season two with Chris is going to be super, super compelling. I'm so glad we still have that actor around as well. His white dragon is so, so compelling, so interesting. And there's a lot to unpack there. I'm just pumped that we're getting more. Yeah. And I, I can't help but wonder if knowing that they were going to get season two, if that may have changed something they did at the end, like mm. maybe somebody was going to die at the end, but, mm -hmm. and you know what? We found out halfway through shooting that they're loving what they're seeing. We're going to get a season two. Okay. Change Harcourt from dying to surviving. Mm -hmm. And we'll show her kind of like war machine at the end of civil war. 
doing physical rehab, rehab and, and all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't know. That could be a case. Look, all I'm going to say is that other than who look, I, I'll put it this way without getting too committed. This is one of the greatest seasons of superhero television there's ever been. Absolutely. I think season one of, and I never would have guessed this. I think season one of Peacekeeper needs to be up there in the conversations with season two of Daredevil. I think it needs to be up there in the conversations with any season you want of Smallville or whatever, or up there with Doom Patrol and up there with whatever. I think this is the best DC television series ever. Also, I, I just think it's that good. The entertainment value, your entertainment bang for your buck per minute in this show. It has to be one of the most entertaining not just superhero shows, but fantasy, genre, sci-fi, call it what you want. This is one of the most wildly entertaining comic adaptations ever made. It was so good. I mean, I, again, I, and I was skeptical about it going into, even though I love the character in Suicide Squad, even though it's James Gunn, it's just that the trailer looks so low budget and the trailer looks so rather cheap to me that, I mean, once it started and they, you know what it was? It was from the opening credits. Mm-hmm. Once, like once it did that, I'm like, this show's gonna be special. Well, and then hearing the song again for that fight scene—that was oh awesome. yeah, and how they yeah. slowed the song down. Yeah, that was really good. Oh, and again, I just felt bad for the cow. I know the cow <laughs> just looks so unhappy from the get-go with those little one-two. The one-two is eyes. I mean, I know that Pacemaker had to do what he had to do, but... Yeah, he did. I get it. I get, I get it. it. But it's... Uh, but couldn't they figure out a way to cohabitate, coexist, co-do something? Couldn't we well, they were, get like, along? Friendship once, is Once magic. he found out, you couldn't... Like, I get it, because once he understood that their plan was, yes, they are here to take over and to take our choices away from us and stuff like that, he had to make a decision. It's like, if I that's know. the case, then activate human torpedo. And all then its guts fell out, and like, oh, that poor thing. Although, again, all that stuff was set up. Yeah. They explained it all. It was so well done. Such good plotting. James Gunn, I really hope that this gets nominated for, the writing gets nominated for an Mm -hmm. Emmy. Yes. Because the writing was spot on. Yeah, I agree. Writing Emmy, I could totally see getting this. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What did you think about the season finale of Peacemaker? And what do you think about the season overall? I think it's one of the greatest episodes or seasons of superhero thing. I think the best thing, definitely anything from the DC side. Number one, I think it gets into the conversation with Daredevil and some other shows like that. What did you guys think about it? Jump down into the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With all that down and out of the way, before we get to your live questions, let's go over and hear from another one of the sponsors of today's episode. Anna and I love this. We eat it all the time. The delicious folks over at HelloFresh. Hey guys, we want to take a moment and thank a sponsor of today's video, HelloFresh. So guys, look, my wife Anne and I were both working professionals, so we know how tricky, difficult, and time-consuming it can be to try to eat properly and prepare your own meals at home. And that's why, like over a year ago, we started using HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. I mean, you skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and probably most importantly, affordable. 
HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need to easily customize your orders online or right in the app. Easily change your delivery day, food preferences, and plan size, or skip a week whenever you need to. HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the exact same quality, and you can save on average over $65 a month when you order HelloFresh instead of going grocery shopping. So guys, I'm telling you, whether you are single or have a family, you are going to love HelloFresh. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Campia16 and use the promo code Campia16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's again, HelloFresh.com slash Campia16 and use that promo code Campia16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And again, thank you to the folks over at HelloFresh for making this episode of the John Campia Show possible. Guys, do go check them out. Use that promo code that supports the John Campia Show. All right, guys. With all that down, let's now move over and start taking your live comments and questions you guys are sending in. Chris, what do we got lined up here? Cam K is starting us off with one out of five here, okay? I think Loki's rules in regards to multiverse still apply here as it did before Loki. The sacred timeline has been a rope consisting of multiple timelines, threads in a rope. These threads were compatible with he who remains desired main timeline, so they need not be erased. Hence the Ancient One's reference to the multiverse, the first Doctor Strange, and other timelines in Endgames. The multiverse was always there within the sacred timeline, threads within a rope, but after Loki, it got much bigger and uncontrolled. You know, I, I had that same kind of thought when looking at but when you actually go back and look at the way they set up the various things in the mcu with the other things and the way the uh the ancient one talked about it and discussed it and all that kind of stuff it just truly does seem like they're doing it separate like it is a different thing so i i see where you're going on that and that's some really good deductive reasoning but i also think if you look at how they described it in loki the variant timelines don't remain. They get eliminated. And so it, I still kind of feel like they are two different separate things. Now, we will find out if um, we will find out soon enough if indeed that what this all means. Like when Doctor Strange 2, when I said earlier that Doctor Strange 2, I think is going to lay out and clear a lot of things up. I think it includes all this multiverse, alternate timeline, variants, and the differences between them and the similarities between them. I think we're pretty close to finding out what that all means, but that's where I think they're at right now. Okay, what's next? Teabagger, why wasn't there a Batman in that JL? And th is that the confirmation Cavill is still soups? That silhouette looked a lot like him. Well, I mean, if Cavill was still soups, I don't know why we didn't see him there. Um, but it is interesting. That, I mean, literally, they could have just had Aquaman and Flash show up. I mean, there was no cyborg, and I think they just didn't want to deal with the nightmare that that would have brought on with people if they brought in cyborg. But I mean, they chose not to bring cyborg. They chose not to bring Batman. Uh, you don't have Gal Gadot, and you don't have Henry Cavill, but you have their silhouettes. So why not just have Batman silhouette? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know why they it's left Batman out of Batman's fighting crime in Gotham. That that's right. He Cyborg's back in the Hall of Justice. Exactly. And uh, maybe Batman's like, I don't answer to Waller. And just, I mean that. I mean that's that's true. You don't summon Batman. I mean, so I don't know. That's a good question. All right, what's next? Anish, one of two. Have you all seen the doc called Fourteen Peaks on Netflix? It's about a man who climbs fourteen of the tallest mountains in record time. He also makes a point to show the Sherpas should be recognized as much as the, those they guide. I have never heard of it. 
no i no idea about it not a single thing about it um but i will say it, it does sound it sounds pretty cool well, he goes on to say the guy is an incredible human being and an absolute beast. I don't want to give away what the oh, specific a record two? is. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. That's Anish. okay. I don't want to give away what the specific record is, but it's a real, it's real superhuman stuff. Hmm. That sounds worth checking out. It does. You know, I've always thought, you know, when it comes to the Sherpas and stuff like that, that Sherpas don't get enough credit in these things. Like they're always talking about, oh, these brave yeah. people who go and climb these mountains. It's like they, none of them survive in six hours without these guides exactly. they're bringing up there. They're doing the same climb, schlepping everything. It's the same thing as like Fred Astaire got all this credit while Ginger Rogers was doing everything backwards and in heels. Keep it up for the Sherpas. <laughs> All right, give the Sherpas their credit. Yeah. But no, Anesh, thank you for putting that on the radar. Honestly, I have never heard of it. Um, there's a lot of documentary stuff on Netflix I've never heard of or gotten around to. But there's so great many. stuff there. There mm-hmm. is some great stuff. So, Anish, thank you for not only putting that on our radar. Thank you for putting on everybody's radar at the same time. All right. And by the way, Anish sending like a $20 super chat to support us on that level. Thank you so much for that, Anish. Appreciate it, man. All right. What's next? Assistant Professor X. Huh. One of two. Arg, I missed movie club. I was at at Marvel during the Iron Man package meetings. Fun fact. <laughs> a contender for director was Peyton Reed. The breakup. Uh, his second part. Uh, we'll just have to get to it. It's somewhere. We'll get to it. It's somewhere. Anyway, um, I did not know that Peyton Reed was in the running to to. Uh, Either did I. Direct that. I mean that that's interesting. But I mean because it's just it's we it's just so quintessential Favreau. That's hard to imagine anybody else, yeah. but that that sounds good. All right, what's next? Chris Persina sent in a $9.99 super chat. Oh, thank, thank you, Chris. Chris. Appreciate that, man. Andy, seeing Aquaman throw an F-bomb was what I needed. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I mean, I just seeing the silhouettes had me, mm-hmm. but then that line, fuck you, Barry. It, again, I, so I'm, I'm pressed to think about many lines that are more favorite lines to me i've ever heard in television shows like that was just absolute gold all right what's next brandon blake this may seem like a weird match but i'd love to see a james gunn superman movie i think he could hit the emotional beats needed to tell a good story i'm gonna tell you what as much as i am all in on james gunn i don't think superman is a match for him There, so what you're able, what he's able to do in slither what he was able to do with suicide squad what he's able to do in peacemaker that's not the tone I want for a Superman movie. I, I don't think it's a tone that many people want for a Superman movie. So while I believe James Gunn can do anything he wants, and listen, he's a good enough director that if they said he was doing it, I'd definitely give it a shot. He's one of my favorite directors out there. I, but I don't know that that's the fit for him. By the way, they offered him Superman. They, told, they said any character you want, other than I think Batman at the time, they said any character you want, and Superman was one of the characters they offered him, and I think he recognized that wasn't... His uh, his taste. I'd like I gotta him to do Lobo. Oh, oh, oh my God, he would That'd do a great, great Lobo. I'll, I'll tell you what. Did you guys read the Keith Given Jam Dematius Justice League from the mid '80s Mm-mm. when Kevin McGuire and it's 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 Fire and Ice. It's Guy Gardner. James Gunn would slay doing Ooh. the comedic Justice League. Now I don't normally go for comedy in my mm-hmm. Justice League. That comic was one of the funniest things when it came out that I'd ever read in terms of comics it is awesome and it's known as justice league international 
He's got. Uh, I was watching this, and I'm like, they've got to do. He has to do Justice League International. All right. Has to do it. What's next? Orlando Rego. Hello, John and crew. Some wrestling news. Cody Rhodes is leaving AEW and returning to WWE. Also, Stone Cold may have a match at WrestleMania after 19 years. Yeah, I, I'm actually hearing that the he Cody Rhodes may not be leaving. I'm now hearing that this whole thing is a big work. Yeah, yeah. and that he's actually yeah, uh, there's no way staying. So I mean, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And I don't think Stone Cold will do it. I don't. I don't want him to do it. Yeah, I don't want to him be to honest. Do it like either. I like where he's at, and it's just that whenever it's been too far gone. Yeah, you know, it's been 19 years since and, his last. Yeah, and if he comes back and it's a stinker, that just leaves a bad. T like I like. Yeah. I like his uh, wrestling career. And he's making tons of money. Yeah, and, I yeah, mean, just leave it as it what is. What for? All right. What's next? Andy. HBO Max asked those who watch Peacemaker if we really want to taste it. We, the fans, emphatically answered yes. And now we have season two. I, I am so, look, it really became, when it became the number one show in the world, that was a foregone conclusion. But the fact that James Gunn committed to coming back to write and direct every episode uh, says a lot about it, and I cannot wait. All right, what's next? <laughs> All right. Uh, this is from Glenn Mark, one of three. Chris, that's me. I'm writing a podcast about an animal animal book club study. The, ooh, sorry. I'm writing a podcast about an animal book club studying the book, The Invisible Library. I'm having a go at creating voices for Hoggy Bunta the Hedgehog, Hedgehog, Flighty the Fantail, Snell the Snail, and Snuggle Bunny the Rabbit. Have you guys heard of The Invisible Library by G, G. Cogman? Thanks. P.S. Where are you? Oh, well, the, the PS, PS will have way. to wait. Oh, no, we found it. Heart. Sorry. Sorry, my Moon Knight bird joke was unclear the other day. Wet, windy weather, nightingale, night in a gale. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Neat. Sure, neat. Night that worked. in a gale. Um, I, I even lost my place on here. Oh, there we are. Um, I have never heard of the, the book he's referencing. I've never I have heard. never heard of this. I've looked it up. It, it, the cover's pretty. That's all I've got to go off of. I don't of. know it either. I know it's a bunch of people retrieving a dangerous book. That sounds promising. And when you're creating your voices, dude, make sure everything you do is sustainable because you have to keep that voice for the entirety of your podcast. So make sure you're remembering where you place it in your face, in your throat, make a note of it. And that way you can keep coming back to that voice over and over again. And a, a lot of did people- Did you just give us some advice? People would pay you to some give them free. coaching. We just got some free coaching. Wow. <laughs> I also this, please make sure you have the rights to do it. Yes. Uh, everybody thinks, oh, I can just, it's just a podcast. I can do whatever I want. Like maybe you do have, I've done it, but, but, really honestly make sure you have the rights to do it because this is not a fair use situation no this is not a fair use situation at all so please make sure you have those rights okay what's next oh here's Anisha's second part the guy is an incredible oh no i've already no, we said got that, that. Okay. yeah city of swift peacemaker was so good <laughs> it's it's cr i can't believe how good they made this character really it's absolutely nuts all right, what's next? Max Papineau. Hey, John. So I saw Death on the Nile. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot better than I expected. Have you guys had a chance to see it yet? Thanks. Uh, did not. I was supposed to go the other day to go see I it. I didn't either. And I just couldn't. Something came up uh, with me and Anne. Couldn't go. Uh, I've heard it's de I've heard it's decent. I think I've heard we're going Friday. Are you? Me and Logan, yeah. I've heard it. I've heard decent things, but and then you know now Uncharted is here, and so I'll, I'm going to try to get to go see it this weekend. Yeah. I'm going to try. All right, but I'm glad you liked it, man. All right, what's next? Andy, one of two. Let's somehow get Affleck, Cavill, and Gadot to appear in Peacemaker season two. 
hell, add dark side to it because it doesn't matter how many characters they add in season two or how awful the season turns out. It'll be totally worth it if all those characters dance in the season two intro. Uh, yeah, if you're going to do the cameos, you're going to have to do what they just did in this season. you got to lay groundwork to build up to the cameo so it's a payoff. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think... I don't think we're ever going to see Ben Affleck again. Like he's made it clear. It's like, Hey, this flashing has given me an opportunity to properly exit. Um, so I, I don't think we're ever going to see him in it again, but again, he's my favorite Batman. So I, I would love that man. I would love it. All right. What's next? CJ Adams. Economist is low key. One of the best written characters in peacemaker. He absolutely. Hi, is. He, he is. I feel that most of his character growth comes from actions show, not tell yes. everything they did with him in this series completely worked. Everything from his PowerPoint presentations to his um, encounter with Judo Master to his back and forth with Peacemaker and his several back and forths with Vigilante. I don't even know what the fuck we're talking about, man. Well, well welcome to the club. Or <laughs> what is happening here? I mean, just and then again, that Rob, you brought up the speech he made at the end about why does your human die his thing that way? That speech was one of the most human moments of the entire series. Like, I love this character. So I'm so glad he survived. Great acting, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he did great. Yeah. All right, what's next? Elizabeth Harado. So that Peacemaker final scene. Ray, big surprises. Oh, I have. It, it was... I, I never would have guessed it. Even watching as crazy as everything had been, if you had bet me 20 bucks said, what do you think about a chance of a cameo of a Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, and Aquaman? <laughs> I would have taken that bet all day. No, they're not popping up in this. They're not going to do that. And it was the perfect timing. The battle's done. Okay, now we're walking away. And then they show up. Little late dickheads or whatever it was he said. It was so good. So you know who good. I want a cameo of? Who's that? Rick Flag. Oh. 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 I'll just leave that there. For those of you who may not know, the reason Ray has not watched Peacemaker... It's because Rick Flagg was his favorite yeah, character. Yeah, he stands Rick Flagg. And Peacemaker killed Rick Flagg, and he's had nothing. He's wanted nothing to do with him. All right. What's he next? does feel remorse, right? Yeah. He does feel bad. Feels you know remorse. what? After after you guys you said that line of the Economist right now, I might one night I'm gonna just watch the rest of the episode. You're you're gonna get hooked. You're gonna be totally hooked. All right. What's next? Gay big dog. Hey John and Co. I love Movie Club. Do you take suggestions? I suggest my favorite films: The Miserable, 2012, The Boondock Saints, and Simon Birch. Uh, we do take suggestions. Now, of course, we are going back. By the way, uh, people have been asking me what is the next uh, meeting of Movie Club about? Well, to commemorate the release of the Batman the following week, our next meeting of Movie Club, uh, Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time is Batman Begins, yes. the Christopher Nolan film, Batman Begins. And we can give you a heads up as to what the movie club is going to be about the following week. We're giving you two weeks in advance notice here. So our next meeting of movie club is Batman Begins. That's on Tuesday the 4th. So get brushed up on it, everybody. And then after that is going to be going back to the OG, the movie that started it all for the franchise, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. We're going to go back to Raiders yes. of the Lost Ark on the following. Any of the Indiana Jones. <gasps> what? You're yeah. so lucky. Dude, you're in never... for a treat, bro. You are going to have so much fun. You really haven't seen it. It's going to be so much fun to talk with you about that then. 
<laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, uh, it's you're in for a treat. Yeah, yeah, I've never met anybody that doesn't like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. Never met a single person that doesn't. Right. So yeah, there you go. So this coming Tuesday, it's Batman Begins. The following Tuesday, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. So you've never seen Get brushed up. Okay, we well, got to keep I, moving forward. What's brother-in-law of you, John? <laughs> James Come Argenta, on, do you think we'll see Professor X die again, this time by Wanda in Multiverse of Madness? I also think we'll see Professor X in his hover chair in the movie. It's very, very easy we could see Professor X die because I don't think this is the Professor X of our universe or anything right. like that. So, And I don't think it's going to be the Professor X that Kevin Feige uses moving forward. So totally possible. Um, what do you think, Rob? I think you're absolutely right. There's no way. Patrick's is what, 85 now? I, I can't even remember how old he is he's, now. He's, he's not young. He can't be in a franchise of series of movies for the next 10 years. Much what like if, Baby Yoda, he will never die, Rob. What if they... He already did in the last season of Picard. He's a robot now, remember? I know. Don't and we're going to do that with the real Patrick Stewart. We're going to preserve him forever. Here's the thing. What if... like, Okay, Patrick Stewart is getting a little old to start a franchise, a brand new franchise with Professor X. Tom Holland. Tom Holland is your new Professor X. Start young so you can use him for a lot of years. There you go. You're welcome. I hate you so much right now. <laughs> All right, what's next? My brain hurts. Terrible. Seconds from disaster, one of two. Hi, John and crew. James Gunn said in an interview with Collider, he saved all the craziest stuff for the finale. I can't watch it until after work, but what were your expectations for episode eight and how much were they met? Thanks for your opinion. <laughs> expectations were high. I mean, I was worried about it not sticking the landing. Uh, I don't know that he saved all the craziest stuff for last because every episode has been filled with crazy stuff. I mean, really? I, all, what I will say is this, is that episode eight was a perfect conclusion to it. Mm -hmm. it, it everything made sense. They paid off a lot of stuff ground, for, for payoff. They'd laid the ground with, with both of the butterflies, certain characters, the whole Justice League thing, the culmination of the relationships and the dynamics between all of them with Abadeo and, and, and Hardcourt and Economists and all that. Kind of, I, I mean, it was just, it was perfectly done. It was a perfect finale for this specific series. So I don't know how else to put it other than that. All right, what's next? Casey Mack, I think it was only a matter of time before Stranger Things was announced for a final season. Those kids are just getting a little bit too old. Yeah, and to be fair, I mean, they have been saying for a long time that the basic belief has been that five will be the final episode. I think we even talked about it on the John Campus show like a couple of years ago that it, the word had gone out, the memo had gone out that five was going to be it. They're going to do four, then they're going to do five, and that was it. So really no surprises there. All right, what's next? Anish? Um, I'm sorry, what? What is the original gritty Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles you guys spoke about yesterday? As White Vision once said, I request elaboration. Ooh, that's a good quote. That's a good quote to put out. Okay, give me one second here. I am going to... Let me see if I can find this down here. One second, because I keep <clears throat> one around. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. This is the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is what they were, as Michelangelo thinks to himself, uh, I hold my katana in a relaxed, ready position. To my left, Donatello and Michelangelo. Oh, I don't know which one this is that's thinking it then. And Michelangelo follows suit with staff and nunchuck. Raphael guards my right side. I sense his body quivering with tense energy, awaiting to be triggered into slashing release. That's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, you know what? That's the real ones. People forget that that was a, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a response to Frank Miller's Daredevil and Ronin, yeah. his comic Ronin, and it was done as a really dark, very adult 
uh, parody or homage, whatever you want to call it. The idea that it became a franchise for children to me was wacky. Mm-hmm. Like, and if, by the way, if you own those original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics, get them slapped because they're worth a lot of money. I actually just saw an episode of uh, Pawn Stars where a guy brought in one of the original prints Ooh. autographed and it was worth a ton of money yep. and all that kind of stuff. So Because it's very different. I mean, people now, especially the whole generation, what, when did the first movie come out? 1990? Oh, I can't even remember. Something like that. I mean, it was the live action it was so far away from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics. And then, of course, it became a kid's franchise. And nobody remembers the early 80s Frank Nobody Miller. remembers the actual original no. run of them. Yeah, I mean, made so the, much. You, see, you yeah. see young Matt Murdock get smashed in the face with a mutagen right. container. Yeah. Like, that's what sparks everything, which is wild to think about. We're like, that's just my show from the 90s about turtles that like pizza. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> All right. What's next? All right. Cutter Hale, any chance we could get a movie club on the first Hangover and Step Brothers at some point? They are two of my favorite comedies ever, and I watch them at least once a year. Hope Uncharted is good. I love both of those movies. I, I think I think The Hangover is a very good candidate. That for is it. a very good candidate. Uh, Step Brothers is one of my top five favorite comedies of all time. I, I, I mean, so uh, yes, I think at some point those would be good candidates as well. All right, what's next? King Tang, do you think Chris Evans could be playing a different cap in the Illuminati? There were those rumors after Ed Game about him in talks to return. Oh, he's coming back. Like, whether this is the one that he's coming back, as like Steve Rogers could, maybe he's on the Illuminati as Johnny Storm. Mm-hmm. I mean, but uh, but but in all seriousness, I, he is coming back. I don't think we're going to see him in this. I don't think he's going to be one of the Illuminati, but that's definitely a possibility. What do you think? I think absolutely. Really? I, I think, I think, wouldn't it be cool if, like, he was married to Captain Carter somehow? Like Captain Carter is going to be in it. I mean, I know that there's a different, there's a time problem. That would mean we have to get skinny Captain Rogers. Or, or it's a Captain Rogers from a different universe, and that they were able, you, you had one that still went through time, and they, they somehow were, you know, linked up. What do they call him again? He's the Hydra Smasher. Is that yeah. what they call him yeah. in the what if stuff? So like that. maybe we see skinny Captain Rogers. All right, what's next? Orlando Orego saw Tenet the other day, and I liked the movie. First hour was slow until it picks up in the second hour. Yeah, listen, I think Tenet is a good film. It is a good film. I, I, I think Nolan makes some mistakes in it. Like the very fact that I couldn't even fully appreciate it till I came home and a few months later watched it at home with the subtitles turned on, and it was my second viewing. I mean, he's got to learn to reel it in a bit and understand that just because something plays in your head doesn't mean it's going to play for your audience. And ultimately, as a storyteller, your job is to communicate a story to the audience so they can receive it in the manner in which it's intended. And so I think, yeah, I think it's good, but he's just got to work on that a little bit, I think. All right, what's next? Al Renshaw, what does Anne think of the Elvis trailer? Hasn't seen it. Hasn't seen it. So I, so she's been working all day, unfortunately. All right, what's next? Milo, sending in a $24.39 super chat. Thanks, Thank Milo. Thank you, dude. Thank you for supporting us on that level. My 12-year-old sister wanted to share her theory. Strange's dreams are visions of Wanda killing other Stranges, but Strange doesn't know that. Wanda is killing the Stranges because they're in the way of her finding her kids. Um, I... Okay, so this piggybacks us into a theory that we kind of brought up yesterday on Mailbag, and I'll kind of say it out here again. I don't know that it's necessarily about her kids. There is an idea that uh, I saw another theory yesterday that Dormammu is actually directly involved in this. When you understand that Dormammu is kind of the source of chaos magic and that throughout every level of reality, 
Dormammu then finds Wanda as his access point into that world and reality. He starts to control her through her use of the Darkhold and then kind of wipes everything out. What Rob and I talked about yesterday was what if this Wanda, because, you know, one of the things about WandaVision that was always confusing me is that her kids were not real. They were, they, she just kind of manifested her kids in WandaVision. They weren't real. And then, you know, she hears the voices at the end. So this plugs into the other one of the theory that had been floating around and we have talked about and addressed, which is, you know, Wanda becomes the, the, the enemy of this movie. She's the villain of the film. She's the antagonist. And what if mutants had always been around and that she said no more mutants at one point and it altered reality. And now we live in a reality in the MCU where nobody remembers mutants and all that kind of stuff. What if, and this ties into WandaVision, that something happened before and Wanda did have two sons. Wanda had two kids and that was real. And those kids die either at the hand of mutants or she blames mutants for not being there to protect her children. And in that grief and in that trauma, she utters the words, no more mutants. Altering reality. And now we fast forward to WandaVision. Her manifesting those kids is actually a latent part of her subconscious that remembers that she had two children. She had two kids. And now she was re-manifesting them again. And that we find all this out. That in that scene in Doctor Strange 2, in the Chamber of the Illuminati, Patrick Stewart and the rest of the Illuminati explain to Strange, everything is about Wanda. In your reality, Wanda, the, the pivotal point for her it was grief and pain was losing her children that wiped out mutants, my kind, from your reality. And Dude, I'm listening to you right now and I'm like, I want to see this scene. <laughs> I want to see this scene. And so they do it. And then this may end with, Going back to what you were saying earlier, Rob, this may end with Wanda undoing that spell, revive mutants or bring back mutants or whatever, and then poof, the world is restored to having mutants into it, hence the X-Men. And we have in. two members of the Young Avengers brought back right to Right there, <laughs> ready to go. So, I mean, it's something to do. We'll find out, Milo. All right, what's next? Suthius? Y'all, I just realized Michelle Yeoh's husband is in everything and everywhere all at once trailer. He's actually short round and data from the goodies. Yeah. Wait, what? Is that Michelle Yeoh's real husband? No, I don't think that. Oh, no, he's I playing her husband. I think he's making a joke. No, is that it? he's the actor, though. In yeah, A.Q. Kwan. No, was that short round? Yeah. Yes. Playing her husband? Yeah. Yes. I didn't, I didn't even have the slightest clue. Yeah. Okay, now, look, I was already totally into this, down for this movie. Now I'm, like, really down for oh, it. Oh, I'm okay. so excited about it. No That's time for love, Dr. Jones. Sidious. You listen. All right, let's keep going. What's next? Sidious Swift. Tomorrow I'll be watching Uncharted and Dog. Haven't played or watched any Uncharted content besides the trailer, so I'll be going in blind. And it sounds like, like the way to go. you may have the advantage here because it sounds like a lot of people are saying that it's a good movie. They just didn't like it as an Uncharted movie. Yeah. And maybe if you're going in clean slate, you might be in a better position to like it than a lot of us. I so. really wish Erin was able to come see it with us because I really want to know how she feels about the movie since she's not a gamer. That's true. I really, really yeah. want to hear her opinion on it. Uh, ever since she had that uh, 
What that, was that mistake? That damn a kid. Baby. That's right. A kid. So selfish. <laughs> Leave your kid at home and hang out with me. By the ah. way, her kid is so damn cute. So damn cute. Oh my God, her kid is so cute. I, he and I spent some quality time together and we just kind of, he's like, he knew it. He goes, I represent what's cool in the world. I think that's what the kid learned in that moment. I'm sure that's exactly what the kid learned. He follow after me, that child. He was so child. in tune with the zeitgeist. He that's was like, oh, right. Ampia. That's right. All right, what's next? Ben Reiner, loved the finale of Peacemaker, loved that particular scene towards the end. Might be fan service, but I loved it. What's your thoughts? But the thing was, it, it wasn't just fan service. It was actually something they built from episode one. They set up that moment right from episode one. And that's the difference between a lot of that and then just like, oh, look, there's that guy for no reason whatsoever. And that was the big difference, Ben. All right, what's next? Andy, seriously did not expect to see the JL, JL at all. I Dude, it so caught us off guard, and that, I think, was one of the brilliant things about it. All right, what's next? Casey Mack, John, I recently saw the trailer from that series you were talking about the other day from Coming from Epics. Uh, the other day from Coming from Epics. No, the, 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 the other day. From? from? From. Yeah, that's okay, the name of the show. Thank you. Coming from Epics. And I got to admit, it looks interesting. Might even have to subscribe to Epics to watch. Well, here's the cool thing about it. This episode, now, full disclosure, uh, Epics is sponsoring me on Twitter to talk about it. But I watched the first four episodes of this show. All right. It's really good. Now, if you are not a subscriber to Epics, they're doing a live viewing party on Twitter tonight at 6 p.m pacific standard time that's 9 p.m eastern and i will be joining you in the watch along on that so if you guys want to check out this first episode of from i all i can tell you guys look i'm i am being paid to promote the show i'm giving you full disclosure on that i am but i sat down the other day to watch it to make sure to know whether i was going to be turning down this sponsorship or not and I, I all i had to do was watch one episode i couldn't stop i watched all four they sent me it's really quite good so if you don't have an epics account and you want to check out the first episode they are doing a live view watch along party on twitter tonight at 6 p.m I, i've posted about it on my twitter you can go and find it there so uh yeah do check it out i think a lot of you guys the trailer like is great the trailer just is watch really the trailer good. and you'll be hooked i agree all right what's next all uh, right, from Casey Mack. Oh, wait, sorry, from Fry Minis. Yo, Ray, can you mail me some Lupia? <laughs> of course. Tell you what, I am not, I'm married into a Filipino family. I'm not real big on a lot of Filipino food, but I could live on Lumpia. Oh, it's yeah. so it's good. One of, it's like one of the things if no one's ever had Filipino food, mm -hmm. probably may, it might be the number one thing that you would bring. Well, you have it's, your, it's your gateway drug. Yeah. What yeah. is it's your gateway drug for Filipino food? It's just a, it's like a small egg roll, but it's just but like delicious. pork. It's like, some, and then the sauce too, like the I'm sauce, in. the red Count me in. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That and adobo. It takes forever to roll them. But you know those lumpia? You know how yeah. long it takes to roll oh, those yeah. things? <laughs> that and, and Tito Frank's, uh, Tito Frank's, pork adobo with his garlic mm. rice that that's mm. something else all right anyway sorry what's up what's Soothious. next felt bad for starro and feel bad for baby mothra i didn't feel bad for starro i mean what i mean look i felt bad of, of what the introduction was but by the end he i mean he had got too, too far gone he had to be taken down the cow though hadn't done anything wrong it, it totally <laughs> needed mothra's song Oh, Mosura. Mosura. All right, what's next? Al Renshaw, that Elvis trailer was great. 
If Austin knocks it out of the park, would be hard-pressed not to think he wouldn't get an Oscar nomination. Well, I mean, you can say that about any actor in any role. If he knocks it out of the park, he could get an Oscar nomination. Uh, well, let's, let's wait and see. But you can say that about any character. But I'll tell you what, he does look great. Mm -hmm. And Hanks looks great, too. Like, the narration in that, the voice of it, you and I are the same. I mean, it was, oh, it's so good. All right, what's next? Out of time, 1985. So yesterday, I told you all about the Blue's Clues movie that will be coming out. But that's <laughs> not all. As a Baby Shark movie was announced as well as a Dora the Explorer <laughs> live action series. All real. For I don't. Why? I don't want to live in this world anymore. Dark yeah, timeline. Yeah. Come on. Oh, wait, 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 wait. That was a good show too. Here's the interesting thing: they just did a Dora movie mm -hmm. that was fairly well received. Was it? it? Yeah. From what I understand, it was actually fairly well received. I mean, I didn't That's see good. it. I mean, I, if it was good, I I would have seen it. I remember the trailers looking fun. I mean, and so so is this live action series going to take that cast and make a series out of it? Or are they just getting rid of the movie and? I, I I don't know. Baby Shark? Of course there's going to be a Baby Shark movie. Kids love that shit. Yeah, I know. Sharks are cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> shark, shark Week is like my one of my favorite yeah, weeks. I don't think this is what you're thinking it's going to be, right? Yeah, but it has, it's shark related. My, uh, my friend shark Tom Jr. Jackson sent me a poster yesterday. I kid you not. I don't know if this is real. Noah's Ark and Jaws combined in Noah's Shark. <laughs> I'm is not that kidding. an asylum thing? I do not know. <laughs> no, I do shark. not know. But the poster was pretty good. It had the it had the arc and the the flood, and oh, then underneath man. a bloodied mouth shark coming up. I mean, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it. Can you imagine Russell Crowe in Noah's Shark, oh, directed right. by Darren Aronofsky? What's next? Uh, seconds from disaster. One of four. Hello again. I've been following the channel since 2017, but only recently started tipping. Uh, tipping in, and I have to say, it gives an extra little bit of happiness to my day when I hear my questions oh, discussed. Oh, thanks, man. It makes me feel really involved in the show, which makes my work day easier. So thank you for all that. Just from a listener's POV. Also, I love the dynamic of the new crew. Ray has gotten really com comfortable taking talking, and one of my favorite uh, BB bro one of my favorite bros on the show. Oh, and Rob, you. you gotta keep the white stash and beard because it's working for you, man. Well, well oh. thank you for that. I, I need to get proper like manscaping tools to oh, do it. I'm well, not, we got a place a you can go to. I, I know. I, I, got, I got a place. I, I got to learn how to Don Johnson it up. Just uh, my use that campier you look promo fine, code, Rob. You look fine. It's hard. Um, it's hard though. Well, first of all, seconds from disaster. Thank you so much for being here and for watching ever since 2017. And thank you for tipping in and supporting the show and being one of the reasons we're able to do what we do. I, I just want, complimentary. Of me. I just want to say something. Seconds from Disaster was one of my favorite TV shows. If his name is based on that national, I've never Discovery, even heard of it. Discovery Channel. It goes into the the final seconds before like a major disaster, and it goes into the science of what happened. And they have really, like, yeah. It's oh, it was big. it was like my favorite show. Like they did the flight of the Concord. Remember the last flight? Oh yeah. They did they did exactly a breakdown of what happened before that caused that. Thing. I've never even heard and of it. And it's a bunch of those uh, disasters that they cover. It's it's a great show. Dang. All right. Thank you again for that. Seconds from Disaster. All right. What's next? John Redcorn. What's better, The Boys or Peacemaker? I can't decide. They How are they are you? very, very different kinds of shows. I mean, they're both like they both lean into the raunchiness and stuff like that. They're mm -hmm. such different types of shows. I, I can't pick one. Yeah, I, w I would say that. I mean, they 
like you said, they lean into the raunchiness. But you know mm-hmm. what? Peacemaker is a more personal. Exactly. I hate dare I say it. Character study. Not to say that, say that. Yeah, not that the boys isn't. I mean, but the boys has more of a larger. It's more spread out. Yeah, and more of a worldview. Yeah, it's more about institutions. Yeah. Yes. Than, than peacemaker. That All is, right. Well put. Well done. Thanks. Well What's done. next? All right, Matt. Hey, John. Would you say that Peacemaker is better than any of the Marvel shows last year? Wanda, WandaVision, Loki, Falcon, Winter Soldier, Hawkeye. I the only one that I question is WandaVision. It's definitely better than Falcon, the Winter Soldier. Definitely better than Loki. Definitely better than Hawkeye. Um, WandaVision again, such a different kind of show yeah. and a truly spectacular. I mean, I think we kind of spoiled myself with that one because I. The bar was set so high after WandaVision. So I, I'm not really sure about WandaVision. All the rest of them, yes. You know, you make a really good point. I mean, there's a lot of people that lump, well, comic book movies. But, you know, Blue Blue is the Warmest Color was a comic book adaptation. And WandaVision and Peacemaker show how diverse the stories and the way you can approach character are done within the comic book medium. So I think it's unfair when people say, oh, those comic book movies, they have to go. Wait a second. Was WandaVision direct? Only one director for that series, too? I, I don't yes. remember. Yes. Yes. Uh, what was his name? Matt, Sh- Matt Jackman. Sh- Shackman or something? Who's yeah. going to direct oh. the fourth Star Trek movie? Well, I, I, that, that bodes well. It does. It does, bode, actually. I mean, it it does, bodes very well. Will it happen? Yeah. Well, we'll see. The that's sick, that's a good fourth question. Fourth Star Trek movie they've announced. All right. What's next? Harv's K. Hashtag the blood butterflies were right. They, they, but should they have the right to make the choices for us? They may have been exactly. right prince in principle. But did they have the right to make the choices for us? All right, what's next? City of Swift. What I liked most about Peacemaker is that, to me, it felt like each episode had a beginning, middle, and end while still building to something bigger. I've come to dislike cliffhangers. That's just me. Cliffhangers are fine if they come after the resolution of the episode. You know what I mean? Then I don't mind it. Like I, I get a little bit frustrated with episodes and things like that that never actually felt like this wasn't an episode. This was just the chopped out pieces where you happen to chop the end point here and the out point there. Like you're right. Peacemaker. One of the great things about it was every episode felt like its own contained story in a part of a larger story. And that's something they did really, really well. And I'm glad you noticed that too, Sidious. And I'm glad you liked that as well. Cause I really did too. All right. What's next? Al Renshaw. I don't think it's possible to hate Tom Hanks. You know, what's funny. There are some people that I think believe Tom Hanks drinks baby blood and stuff like that. Whenever I mention something about Tom Hanks, Only at parties. Tom Hanks once flew on a plane where this guy also was on that plane. And it's like, oh, shut the fuck up. I, I mean, I just, I just, but there are people like that out there. It's just kind of crazy. All right, what's next? <laughs> Mas Mas, is anyone talking about anyone anywhere on HBO? I find it to be humorous and honestly, uh, honest and really great. I have no idea what it is we're talking about. That is. is that the woman who like comes back to her hometown or something? I, I vaguely remember it. She's Let's um. See. Oh, I, the Bridget Everett show. Yeah. Yeah. Which show, show is it? So she comes back to her hometown. It's her and Jeff Hiller, who's a, a big character actor. Uh, he's got like this and big who's, smile. who's the star of it? Bridget Everett. She's a comedian okay, who's yeah. on Amy Schumer, uh, Inside Amy Schumer a lot. I'm not, um, but I'm not familiar with the show at all. But I haven't all, watched anybody. Or right. I haven't watched any of it yet. Well, thanks for putting that on the radar, Moss yeah. All right, what's next? Okay, Major. <laughs> when I watch the Jurassic trailer now, all I see is Mario riding alongside Yoshi. <laughs> By the way, I'm still waiting for that Mario movie. Uh, but look, that trailer was so good. 
I, I mean, I, I, it looks like it's going to deliver on all the things that it promised. And I'm very excited about I'm it. I'm excited about the summer movie season. It's shaping it's up shaping pretty up. well. I mean, we Elvis, can. Jurassic World, which I'm more excited about than I thought I could ever be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows what else we're going to get. It is shaping up big. All right, what's next? Rafael Castillo. Absolutely loving Julian Fellows' new show, The Gilded Age. Great cast. Christine Bernanski, Cynthia Nixon, Audra McDonald, Meryl Streep's daughter, and Ver uh, Vera Farmiga's sister. Is Anne watching it? Anne is not watching it, but she will. Because she is huge into Downton Abbey. And this has all the Downton Abbey flavor written all over it. I know there, but you know, we mentioned that the our, our new podcast, uh, Movie Club, a John Campion Show podcast, has debuted in the top 15 on Apple Podcasts. I believe the, the official Gilded Age podcast is one of the shows that's above us. And it just got renewed for a second season, didn't did it? it? I didn't I hear that. Did. But I'm hearing did. nothing but really good things about it. So no, Anne hasn't started watching it, but I know she plans to. All right, what's next? All right. Casey Mack, hey, John and crew, I don't know if you mentioned this, but what are your thoughts on the boys' diabolical trailer? Oh, my gosh, yeah, I saw the trailer. It Me too. sucks ass. Yeah. It's awful. I didn't smile, grin, chuckle. Nothing was funny in it. It was like it took all the things that could go wrong with the boys. Like, if it's, okay, all it is is just, ooh, look, heads exploded. And, ooh, look, people got cut in half. The boys, the show, goes way beyond that and gives it, gives it, context and gives it humor and gives it depth and all that kind of stuff i saw this trailer for this little animated thing i thought i if i could i would shit on this if i could take this trailer seat and throw it on the ground squat down and literally defecate on it i would it wow. absolutely sucked it was terrible now i'm only feeling this worked up about it because i love the boys so much i was so excited about what they could do with this and it was terrible i, I don't know like maybe the I'm animation either no the animation looked terrible i mean like, you probably couldn't put a lot of money it into just the animation. That's cheap fine. but what do you think about the trailer it sullied the memory of the boys for me i was like what? this is what you're giving us this really yeah i, I don't know chris you seem a little agog and aghast what do I'm, you think I'm about excited. that i like what Titmouse puts out i think they do fun stuff and you know heck and ultra violence i'll give it a shot I have an hour commute here now, John. I have to deal with all the Angelinos. I want to just watch some heads explode sometimes. I got to get my rage out somewhere. <laughs> That's the only saving grace. You pointed out it is Titmouse and, yeah. you know, and our late great stuff. friend, John, John Schnepp. He worked with Titmouse. Right. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I've spent several days in Titmouse's office. And stuff. I just, hey, listen, it would not be the first time that I've seen a trailer to something that I didn't think looked very good, yeah. Peacemaker, mm -hmm. and then gave it a shot and then really enjoyed it. I didn't like the trailers to Harley Quinn. I did not like the trailers to Peacemaker. Ended up loving both of those things. So maybe this will be great. But man, I was expecting, I was hoping for something better from this because it does not live up to the boys' world standard to I, me. But who knows? Yeah. Maybe show, I'll start watching it and I'm going to love it just like I did with Harley Quinn. We'll find out. All right, what's next? Connor Patterson. Hey, John and crew. Have you seen the new Elvis trailer yet? Yes. I think it might be the mo my most anticipated movie now. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit earlier in the show. It looks so good. Dude, I, it is not my most anticipated movie, but oh, damn, I'm looking forward to this thing. Yeah, that's good. That's a well-made trailer, dude. All right, what's next? City of Swift, the butterflies were wrong. And then let the great debate begin. Was Cap <laughs> right? Was Tony right? Were the butterflies right or were the butterflies wrong? Let the debate ensue. We should make I, some t-shirts up. One day, all four of us will wear them and we'll see who... The butterflies were right and wrong shirts? I, I'm a butterflies are right guy. Here's a question. Is golf going to be in season two? Well, well, I mean, there are still, I mean, not all the butterflies in the world were there at that barn. 
So there are still butterflies out there. They just don't have a food source now. So I, I don't know. Do you think we're going to see butterflies at all? I don't think season two will be about the butterflies, but do you think the butterflies will be in season two? I think Goff might be an a recurring character. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd be, yeah, I'd be down for that. All right, what's next? Joel, one of three. Hello, John and crew. Most people think No Way Home has something to do with what happens in Doctor Strange 2, but we forget about the warning Mordo gives. There he is. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to follow yours. Gives Doctor Strange about the consequences of breaking the rules at the end of the first movie. Remember, the bill comes comes due always. After all. Oh, and I don't. I he never got his third one in. Oh, after all, what? But no, that is true. <laughs> we we forget about that. That this is stuff that Mordo had been preaching about ever since the first Doctor Strange. I mean. When he's talking about the the playing with reality, he could very well be talking about the climax of Doctor Strange one, mm -hmm. because Strange breaks the rules, and he go with the way he confronts Dormammu and everything. Like that's great, that you, but you may have done some even worse damage. So he may not be talking about the events of No Way Home. He might be talking about the events of Doctor Strange one. I don't know what do you think. I think he's he is doing that, and Doctor Strange now has a pattern of behavior. So. Mm -hmm. The chickens are going to come home to roost. The chickens are coming home to roost. All right, what's next? Daryl Best Wadley. Did you check out that Elvis trailer? It was great. We did indeed, Daryl, and I completely agree with you, man. It was great. All right, what's next? Mr. Holdbrook, do you think that Marvel should let James Gunn do Deadpool? And it would have been funny if we saw the Batmobile pop the last moment or a post-credit scene. Eh, that, I, I don't know about that, but <laughs> um, no. The person who's going to direct Deadpool is whoever Ryan Reynolds wants to direct Deadpool. I mean, look, I, I think Kevin Feige is at his core a pragmatist. And Kevin Feige knows that Ryan Reynolds has been the shepherd of Deadpool and he knows what works best with Deadpool. And I'm sure like if Ryan Reynolds picked somebody that Kevin Feige was completely against, I'm sure Feige wouldn't let that happen. But I think that's that wouldn't be the case anyway. At the end of the day, it's going to be whoever whoever Ryan Reynolds wants to direct it. Um, I would be perfectly good if they brought back any of the previous two directors yeah. or whatever. All What I really do know is I'm trying to remember the name of the two. Uh, Wernick and the two guys who wrote were the writers oh, on Deadpool. Yeah. That's the, my number one thing is that they get the writers from the first Deadpool who worked very closely with Ryan Reynolds. To get back but it's going to be whoever ryan reynolds wants to direct it yeah i mean i can't see james gunn also directing a movie he's not going to write now yeah because as a as now a big studio feature director he's an auteur he writes and directs yeah so and he's he's got full control of that creative process which he would not have on deadpool no all right what's next jabin carter breaking <laughs> news andrew garfield is to star in a new film about the explosive rise of social media giant TikTok. it'll be called TikTok boom. Uh, I, I believed it for a second because oh, that made sense for a second. Uh, yeah. But yeah. yeah, come on, you just All mad because right. you didn't think of it. What's next? Hey, Marcellus, Rob, you will be happy to hear that Sam Mags quit the KOTOR remake. A win for the fans. Uh, I hope so. I I, I, you know. I don't I don't I don't know even know who Sam Mags is. I don't either. But the Night Seal the Republic remake is that what you're talking about here? I mean, that's the only, that's the only thing I know for the I can acronym. Think of. But um, here's the thing. I, Who is Sam Maggs and why should we celebrate that they're not associated with it anymore? Maybe. He, I don't know. So but, win for the fans. Well, I, I wouldn't say that when most of the fans don't even know who you're talking I, about. Yeah, I would say this, though. Clearly, you, know, you had an axe to grind with I, whoever I want a Knights of the Old. I love Knights of the Old Republic. I love the game. I love the era. 
I want give it to me. I just want any old Republic stuff at this point. I don't understand why that's something they haven't leaned more heavily into. Well, remember they, they had a plan to do it with Benioff and what was Weiss Benioff and Weiss. Yeah, I think they had so. a plan to go in that. They had an entire series of films. They wanted to go in that direction. So mm-hmm. at some point, and instead they seem to be doing the high Republic. I, look, I, I don't speak for everyone. Okay. I clearly do not. I'm just saying in my limited circle, in my limited circle, no one gives a shit about the High Republic. No one cares. I don't know any, like, again, I know there are probably many people who do. I'm saying I don't know anybody who cares about the High Republic. You got the old Republic that a lot of people really interested in want to see. I don't know. It seems like a mistake to me. Did you guys see the trailer for the Legacy of the Sith? Yes. It looks so good. Loved oh my it. God. A little Twilight, Twilight girl, Twilight girl. <laughs> a little Twilight girl. Yeah. Twilight girl. <laughs> Listen, all of their cutscene promo stuff for everything mm-hmm. about that franchise mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. It's just, they do they, everything about it is so cinematic and great. Anyway, okay, what's next? Thanos. Oh, no. With the two-part season dropping five weeks apart, wouldn't it be wiser to release the episodes weekly? Are they testing the waters? Come on, dive in. I think this is still Netflix in a crawl, walk, run situation. Look, I believe in five years, I believe Netflix will be releasing their shows on a weekly basis. But I think they're going to slowly do that. They're going to do that with a couple series. They're experimenting like they did with Lucifer. We're going to drop half the series and the next. They're doing it. They did it with Arcane with three episodes. And Ozark. And Ozark. And they're doing it right now, by the way, with um, uh, Vox Machina. They're releasing certain. So I believe we're working towards that. They're they're not just going to shift gears from fifth gear to reverse. I think they're going to very slowly start to kind of go that direction. All right, what's next? Enrique... (laughs) Strange and Chavez are jumping through portals in the sky. Deadpool in his universe sees them, looks at the camera, and says, what the fuck was that? I mean, I, I, listen, it's funny, but my problem with it is is the tone of Doctor Strange, that really breaks the tone. It just, and I, so I don't, that's why I kind of, listen, I'm, I'm one of the 51% that kind of thinks that it's, that Ryan Reynolds is telling the truth. Although, that, Although it is Sam Raimi, and, and he did is, make Evil Dead Two and thing, Army yep. of Darkness exactly. and Dark Man, his sensibility of the one, the one thing I could see Sam Raimi doing it, and madness. It's supposed to be madness. It's supposed to be all over the place. The words right there in the title, Mad- right. But let's, I was going to bring that up earlier. I'm so glad you did the Sam Raimi aspect. I mean, is that something that's beyond Sam Raimi? No, it's not. No. But I still believe. I still believe he's not going to be in it. Shop smart. Shop, Shop S smart. I almost said Kmart. That's a Canadian <laughs> thing. All right, what's next? Andy, will you have a Batman open spoiler discussion? One thousand percent. There will be a Batman open spoiler discussion. However, it will not be after the fan screening on March the fourth. It'll be after the regular opening on March. Sorry, on March the first. It'll be after the regular opening on March the fourth. So mm-hmm. for, you're probably looking at March sixth. March sixth or seventh, but there will absolutely be a Batman open spoiler discussion. All right, what's next? Frostfire, flash to Aquaman. It's not a rumor. It's not a rumor. Oh, fuck you, Barry. Such a great line, Frostfire. Such a great line. All right, what's next? Allie, abolish the royal family. I have no idea what that's a reference to. All right, what's next? Sin Vendetta. Some of my favorite movies for your movie club consideration. Seven, Sin City, V for Vendetta, Basketball, yes. <laughs> Event Horizon, and The Army of Darkness. Okay. I can guarantee what will never be on the list are Event Horizon. That will that will not be a movie club movie. 
Uh, Basketball will not be a movie club movie. Aww. V for Vendetta is a possibility, as is Sin City, as is Seven. I'll go so far as to say even as is uh, Army of Darkness. You know, your boy here has a screen credit on Army of Darkness. You have a screen credit on that? I do indeed. What was it? I worked, I, got, I guess I'm makeup effects production assistant. Really? I, I, worked for, I worked for Tony Gardner's Altarian Studios. That summer we worked on Mick Garris' Sleepwalkers, the Swamp Thing television series with Dick Duroc and Army of Darkness. Dang, big Starklighter. Listen, a big Starklighter <laughs> in the Taking house. over the I'm world. Yeah, yeah. But so Army, that was a fun <laughs> summer. All right, what's next? Well, Dan, over 60, uh, over or under, I guess, 60, uh, White Vision and Doctor Strange 2. Okay, Ooh. I'm going to go under 60, but I, I would put a good number on it. Like, I put around the 35 to 40% range because with Wanda there, we got a mm -hmm. Viz name drop in there. It could very well connect very perfectly, depending on what the story of the movie is, to Wanda herself. So there'd be narrative function to it. So I won't say 60. I'll go under 60. But I put a very solid 35 to 40 on that. What about you? You know, Rob? I think you're right. And and after listening to your your scene with Professor Xavier's explaining all of this, the reason she developed a relationship so quickly with Vision, you know, essentially a human falling in love with an android, it plays into all of that because she doesn't trust an android's uh, vision wouldn't betray her or wouldn't right. the way that humankind somehow did or mutant kind or homo superior. I think uh, the more I think about this, the more it all sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, I get, I'm not saying that's what it's going but to I think be. There's gonna be I'm flashbacks cool. to that kind of stuff. I could see whether it's white vision or real vision when someone's explaining what's going on in her mind or even if she's explaining it, I could see flashbacks and vision in the movie somehow. All right, what's next? Mikey Palacios. John, how do you confuse the Puerto Rican flag with the British flag when you doubted Carter, LOL? Anyway, keep up the good work. I don't know that I confused it with the Puerto Rican flag. <laughs> no. I, oh, I think it's just because we were talking about there's red, white, and blue. Yeah, yeah all I think over it was the just place. that there were colors. I said, ah, you know, America Chavez is in it. That's probably what we're seeing. Oh, but yeah, no, yeah. clearly. Savio Vega. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> Shout out. Captain Carter's shield is out. I mean, that's clear. So, yeah, my, my dismissal of that initially was way off base because it is clearly there. So. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, by the way, I also want to point out, Mikey sending like a $20 super chat to support us. So thank you so much for that, Mikey. Appreciate that very much, dude. All right, what's next? Another $20 super chat. This is from Purple Haze 4564 Okay, John, and this goes for Rob too. So with the Flash movie coming out, would the ramifications of him changing the timeline bring back characters like Rick Flagg and certain people that were killed off in Peacemaker? Thanks. I mean, listen, when and this is one of the reasons why I generally don't like time travel and stuff like that movies because all consequences can instantly be undone. But considering that they are touching on the Flashpoint storyline, which it, it literally means they can do anything. They can now use this movie to set whatever direction in the MCU they want to set, any direction they want to set, and that very well could mean bringing back Rick Flag. You that, mean the DC? You said MCU. Did I say MCU again? Yeah. Sorry, DCU. Uh, I was like, Strange, wait a minute, that's crazy. Doctor Strange will be the yeah, The Flash has the power to change the MCU. <laughs> That'll be Doctor Strange too. But they can literally set whatever direction they want the DCU to go. They can do whatever they want. And so I would not put it past them at all because hey, how cool of a character moment would be if Peacemaker came face to face with Rick Flag again in a season two of that. 
I'm not saying they're going to use the Flash to do something for for that season too, but I mean, all of that is absolutely possible. Purple Haze, it absolutely is. Rob, how do you see that? Uh, I think it could be, although I I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to focus on the core characters. You've got two Batmen. You've got Flash dealing with his own past. Uh, we'll see, but 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 the reset could make it possible that Rick Flag isn't dead. I don't know mm-hmm. if we're going to see that dealt with in the film, though. Yeah, but yeah. I, I say, but it is on the table. Like all yeah. of that becomes on the table, yeah. right? And, that means but, they could bring Starro back. He's just I, Starro. I, in reality, he's just not important enough for them to bring back. I admit that, but he was my favorite character. But but now he's such a pivotal part of Chris or Peacemaker's character development. I mean, there could be a real big role for that to play. I mean, I don't know. We're getting really ahead of ourselves here. Okay, what's next? Suthius, how the fellow viewer hid 35K Hawk toys is amazing. <laughs> so for those of you who didn't see, somebody wrote in the other day who had mentioned they had just bought 100 Hot Toys 1-6 scale figures and spent $35,000 to do it. And so I love what Sue said. How does he hide that many? Because if I bought 100 Hot Toys and spent $35,000 on it, you bet I'm... I'm, I'm Anne's having a talking with me. I just want to have her to happen. I'd have to hide those things. I want to believe he did all that in an afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. That he just spent 35K. Because if I had 35K lying around, I would do that. I'd, I'd, I'd be on just, I'd get all the hot toys I would want, just buy them, unrepentantly spend that money, and just be able to see exactly when they're going to be delivered so I could hide the boxes. Hide the box as they make arrive. Make sure that the significant other wasn't there to see them. Make sure Elizabeth's out of the house when the UPS guy's scheduled to arrive see, and deliver. Yeah, but the thing is, if you're going to do, so, pro tip, if you're going to do something like that, make sure you distract your wife by getting her something of equal value first like maybe a new car then she won't care like maybe a new car today on the john campia show how to lie to your spouse how to get away with dumb i'm not crap. saying lie to your spouse <laughs> yeah, we do how to distract, how your, to distract spouse. your spouse Slide of you how to go ooh shiny yeah all right <laughs> right what's next the mad titan i think the illuminati and dr strange will be stewart as professor x a good guy variant of killmonger mordo Tom Cruise is Iron Man, and Vin Diesel is Black Bolt. I can feel the disagreement coming, LOL. Hey, listen, I, obviously I disagree, yes, but this is the crazy thing. Nothing you just said is off the table. Mm-hmm. Nope. Uh, the Killmonger character is a very popular character, so instead of Black Panther, who is the traditional member of the Illuminati, you have Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger. That's, I mean, I don't think they're going to do that. But that is not off the table. Mordo, I think, is on it because we see him on the stage behind the chair. So that's the Tom Cruise thing. Again, I have my doubts, but it's absolutely on the table, no doubt. There have been many rumors and whispers about Vin Diesel's Black Bolt. I I don't think Kevin Feige wants to have anything to do with Inhumans. But again, he has worked with Vin Diesel. He's a part of the Marvel family already. That's on the board. So yeah, I I don't think so, Mad Titan. But it's all possible. What if Rocket was part of the Illuminati? Oh, I'd be down I, with that. I would love for Rocket. I, I would love Rocket. Rocket. Maybe Rocket founded the Illuminati. What if Groot was on the Illuminati? And just everything they're explaining, all he just keeps saying is, I am Groot. And Professor Xavier's like, well said, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, they have these like really intellectual conversations. I'd love it. All right, what's next? Uh, Blue Rock. Hey, guys. Last night I watched The Godfather in an AMC Dolby Vision Theater. Nice. Despite 20 minutes late start time and the computer taskbar being visible throughout. Oh, still no. Oh, future movie movie club title. Thanks. And first, by the way, Blue Rock sent in $20 to, to support us. Thank you so much for that, Blue Rock. And again, you have done something I have never done. 
you have watched the godfather on the big screen and that new restoration i gotta see that um the windows taskbar on the bottom of the thing we all know these are now digital projections but come on amc you you can't let that happen that is just too that is bad but as far as the godfather being a future installment of movie club a one thousand percent you can't you can't just rush to it though and just do godfather that's going to come a little bit later but I can 1,000% guarantee you that both Godfathers 1 and Godfather 2 I'll will take both my be- vacation days on. <laughs> no, we're Ray coming up on the 15th these. anniversary. It's, it's, I, I think it's this month or next month. Yeah, so we're, we're going to have to. We'll definitely do it. Then we'll debate about whether to do Godfather 3, but definitely wanted to 1,000% Blue Rock be on there. And again, Blue Rock, seriously, thank you so much for supporting us on that level. And thanks for being here. We appreciate it. And I am so envious you got to see it on the big screen, man. All right, what's next? Dylan Schmall. With Doctor Strange introducing so many variants, I worry that this will be another way for Marvel to not actually kill any character off in this movie. Uh, Again, look, you know I love the MCU. I love the Marvel films. I love the MCU, all that kind of stuff. But the one problem I have always had with them right from their first couple of years has been there's no stakes. At least it, it often feels like there's no stakes because no one dies. And when they do die, they've just figured out a way to bring them back. Mm-hmm. I mean, they told us on screen that Thor has died a couple of times. Oh, no, wait, wait, just give it a second. Ah, no, he's fine. How many times has Loki died? I mean, Gamora, oh, so sad. Look at Gamora. She got thrown off the cliff by Thanos. Oh, no, don't worry about it. She's back. I don't know, Josh. That's a different timeline. Think of Gregor. Shut the fuck up. It's Gamora. She's back. Like, and so it doesn't matter what they do. They snapped away half the universe. Don't worry about it. Wait till next year. They're going to bring everybody back. No, it was five. What's that? Five years. It was five. Oh, yeah. Sorry. But I meant theatrically. (laughs) Just wait one year. They're going to bring everybody. All I'm saying, I'm not saying they shouldn't have undone the snap. I'm just saying that my one criticism of this property, I deeply, deeply love. I love the MCU. But yeah, I like, like even when Tony Stark died, this big moment in Endgame, that was very emotional for a lot of people. I wanted to feel it, and it's a great scene. I, him, Tony Stark dying was a great scene. Don't get me wrong. It absolutely was. But because I don't believe for one millisecond that that was the end of Tony Stark, I didn't feel that depth that maybe I would have felt had they actually knocked off a couple of characters along the way. And I'm not talking about side characters who have been in the MCU for a half hour like Quicksilver. <clears throat> I mean... They just don't kill anybody. And when they do, they just come back. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that when Infinity War happened and they're like, I don't want to go, Mr. Stark. Like, everybody's crying. It's, it's a great scene. But I was like, well, you, you, you're not going anywhere, kid. You're, you you still got a Spider-Man movie to come out next year. It's just, that is their one weakness to me. And I really do hope that they legitimately start killing off some characters yeah, because... Uh, otherwise, I'm not going to feel it when other characters are in danger. Absolutely. If you're talking about like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse <laughs> of Madness, I, when I saw that title, I never thought anything like, oh, we're going to get an end to some things. I always thought it it just seems like a movie more of like opening the possibilities <laughs> of the future instead of ending anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Doctor Strange, we're not going to get any deaths is what I'm saying. Yeah. Any significant deaths in there. I don't think so. I mean, we're going to see some other doctor strange's die i think we see i think we see the dead corpse of defender strange yeah 
in the trailer. So we're going to see these like variation style, but don't worry, we're still going to have Doctor what, Strange. You know? What so after Love and Thunder, what's the other what's the Marvel movie that comes out after Love and Thunder? Is it Black Panther? Yeah, I think it's Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Is it Wakanda? Forever. That will be the 30th MCU movie. That's crazy. And plus with the yeah. deaths, I don't you have I, I actually think Black Widow's gone. I actually think Iron Man is not going to be back. I, Black I actually, Widow, I believe, is yeah. gone. I actually yeah. think Captain Mer America is not going to be back. Because if you keep holding on to these characters, people can't move on yeah. from them. That's the only argument I have against. If they want us to really be in a new phase, mm -hmm. then whoever's gone from the last phase, they should just... Let us love new characters, is yeah. all I'm saying. When it cheapens their sacrifices, right? Tony right. Stark, he was never going to be the guy to make the sacrifice play. We have to have him be dead here. And we yeah. have to have him be dead. So and he's come back. I, I'm telling you, he's come back. I know, I know you're I mean, not your argument yeah. is, money, is money, but in order for stories to progress, I think they just need to leave it. Exactly. Do, do they? James what? Bond has, has been James Bond for how I long? I know, I know. It's just the, my Look, personal John, 60 saying, years. 60 years. As of Look, this year. I'm not saying they need to start killing characters. Mm -hmm. What I am saying is, if you make it look like you're killing the characters, well, then kill the characters. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. Or else, like, when, like for instance, when we found out there was going to be, be a Peacemaker, Peacemaker Season 2, for sure, right? I, I went into the finale. It's like, well... Cena ain't dying in this episode, yeah. but but I mean, you get that feeling since Marvel doesn't actually kill anybody when a character's life is truly in peril on screen. I don't feel that tension because I don't believe for a second they're going to die. Mm -hmm. If you're going to make it look like they're going to make them. Anyway, we need yeah. to wrap up because we're <laughs> over time here. There was one other, by the way, we have a. Uh, uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Nunston sends in a $5 super chat just to be supportive. Thank you, Jeffrey. We support that. We appreciate that very much, man. And guys, that'll do it. For today's episode of the John Campia Show, thank you much, uh, so much for being here and making the show a part of your day. Don't forget, the show returns again tomorrow. Also want to remind you guys that uh, a brand new podcast, Movie Club, a John Campia Show podcast, debuted at number 13 on the Apple charts. Actually, you know what? Let me just take one second here. I'm going to double check to see if it is still number 13 or see if we've dropped. Uh, we are... We're off the list. We're not even on the list anymore. Aww. We've dropped so far down. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at totally the wrong one. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. We're not even on the list now? Uh, where are we at? No, we're still at number 13. There we are. We're at number 13 on the podcast list. Uh, go find it today. Even if you only watch the video version, go and subscribe to it anyway. Give it a five-star rating if you like the show because uh, that helps out the show a lot. So thank you to everybody for that. Uh, don't forget to keep your guys' eyes open for our out-of-the-theater reaction to Uncharted. That'll be coming a little bit later tonight. Keep your eyes open on that. And a big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those comments and questions. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the John Campia Show, thank you guys so very much for your support. We ran a little bit overtime here today, guys. So thank you so much for your patience and indulgence. So on behalf of myself, John Campia, Robert Meyer Burnett, Chris Carr, Ray Aura. Thanks a lot for being here, guys. That'll do it for us for today. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.